Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Three hours of the very best entitled parent stories from the past year. Get yourselves ready. These Karens are mental. My mum wants to install cameras in my room. I was caught making out with my boyfriend. Now my very religious mum wants to install cameras in my room. I don't know how to feel about this. For one, I feel very uncomfortable. I used to think my room was a safe place for me to unwind and change and such. Of course, my mum being who she is, her solution for me is to change in the bathroom. I plan on moving out soon, but in the meantime, I am still left with this issue. Wow, fantastic news. I love a controlling parent. Move out now, not later. Do it whilst you still can. Trust me. My roommate fails at basic adulthood. Her parents expect me to take care of her. After I said no, they want to move in so they can take care of her. I am a 23-year-old woman. My roommate is 22, but failed at basic adulting because her parents failed their job. She presents herself as the cute, kind, understanding, innocent girl when she's with people. I was fooled by this too. It's why I agreed to be her roommate, because I thought she was a nice person but she's a failure at basic adulthood. We became roommates a few months ago and I can't wait to move out next month. At first, everything was normal. Then it got bad. She fails at basic cleaning. She let her pet starve and live in its own feces. I think she should be reported for animal abuse because that poor animal would have been starved to death already if I hadn't been feeding it. She made the house dirty, hair everywhere, mess in the kitchen, a weird smell from her room, and I've been doing all the cleaning. She only cleans when I get really angry and tell her to clean up. And I really hate how she always pulls the innocent little girl thing whenever I tell her your bad hygiene has damaged our living conditions. A few days ago, she caused a little drama in our school because she disappeared for two days straight, didn't respond to anyone's calling and texting, and people thought she'd gone missing. I panicked too, because the area we live in isn't very safe for young women. I really don't like her, but still, I don't want anything bad to happen to her. Eventually, yesterday, she returned home looking normal and said she'd gone over to a friend's place. Her parents had panicked and somehow got my number. I told them she's returned home safely. They told me they believe their daughter is now depressed or something. There's no diagnosis though. She stopped going to school all of a sudden, refuses to talk to them. They couldn't hear from her for days, etc. I was weirded out because I didn't notice she actually has dropped out. I do notice she's been home a lot, but we have different schedules, so I didn't think. I told them she'd return home safely, but they couldn't calm down. Now the annoying part begins. We are in another country for college, so we're both far away from home. I understand that they worry about their child's safety. My parents worry about me too. Therefore, I always text them to let them know what I'm doing and that I'm safe. But my roommate's parents, I can see why she became distant from them. Ever since her mum got my number, she constantly rants about how they think her daughter is depressed and requires help. 
her daughter wouldn't talk to her she's heartbroken and desperately wants to know how her daughter is doing she talked about how they were very protective and strict about parenting when she grew up no wonder she fails at basic adulthood they didn't teach her anything because her daughter once left the house for two days and didn't contact anyone she now believes that her daughter is never home ever since she got home her mum has texted me four times from 10 p.m to 8 a.m asking me if her kid's at home and i say yes she is but she wouldn't believe me and she'd just keep talking she even asked me if my roommate would pretend to be home but is actually out i told her that's impossible because our bedrooms are connected and i can hear if she's home or not she just kept talking about how her daughter is so weak and helpless and she needs help I can tell they definitely spoil their fragile little angel. She asked me how far our apartment is from our campus. I said, it's 20 minutes walk and 10 minutes bus ride. She thinks a 10 minute bus ride or a 20 minute walk is too much work for her child. I've stopped responding to her texts because they're annoying. They even tried to pay me a hundred bucks to take care of her, like take her out to dinner or something like that. But I politely refused. Because why the frick should I do that? Why is your daughter's messy life my responsibility? After I politely said no, the mother said she needs our address because she's going to come to this country and move in with her daughter. Then she's going to take her daughter home. Oh my God. Lady, you really need to calm down. Of course, I said no to her. She said she wished I could sympathize with a heartbroken, lonely mother For God's sake, I have my own life. Lady, I understand your situation, but really, I am not your daughter's babysitter. After her parents realized I don't give a frick, they tried to get our address from my other friends. Some of the parents in our school, those parents whose kids are all from our country, have this group chat in a chatting app so they can know about how their kids are doing at school. I honestly think this is so unnecessary because most of us are at least 19. How can a 19-year-old need your daily checkup? But after witnessing my 22 years old roommate fail at basic adulthood, I started to understand why these parents have such a group chat. Her parents found the number of a friend of mine from this group chat and started texting her. They asked her where I live. Thank goodness my friend didn't tell them. She let me know about their actions instead. She was asking what was going on with all these messages. Here's what happened after they couldn't get my information from my friend. My friend politely told them she can't help them and I ignored their text for a day. Then I told them politely to stop contacting me and that I'm not going to let them live with me. Her mum replied saying they'd finally convinced their daughter to come home so they're not going to bother me again. Thank goodness. I'm completely fine with it if her parents just want to quickly stop by our place and take her home. But when they first mentioned this, they meant to live with us, not quickly stop by and take her home. They know their daughter isn't willing to go home, so her mother thought it would be a good idea for her to come and live with us. I absolutely do not want to be forced to live with some random old lady who I know nothing of, who has a completely different lifestyle and schedule. I don't think I'm being cold or selfish by doing this. After all, I am paying half of everything for the apartment, and it says in the lease, you can't just bring someone else to live in the house without an agreement. I want to state that I'm not being cold and cruel to my roommate and her parents. I understand that she's probably suffering from depression and her parents worry about her, but her actions have seriously affected my life and our living conditions. Her pet is a guinea pig and she keeps its cage in our living room. 
and because she rarely cleans it the whole living room smells like its feces The poor animal never asked to be adopted by someone like this I've been feeding it water and food and I believe if I wasn't there it would have been dead already She would literally leave her pet completely alone for two to three days not giving it any food or any cleaning again The poor thing lives in its own feces So many times i've had to knock on her door to get her to clean the dang cage She also leaves mess in the kitchen and the bathroom. I've been doing most of the cleaning I think I deserve to live in a clean house and the house wouldn't be so dirty if I lived alone When my roommate first stopped caring about her pets and hygiene, I tolerated her Even when I was angry about the dirtiness I always made sure to speak to her in a calm and neutral voice I always simply told her hey your pet really needs cleaning. Hey, the sink is quite dirty after your dinner I never called her names or cursed her The only time I raised my voice to her was when her pet's cage started attracting bugs and flies I was so angry, but even that I only said you should give your pet to someone else if you can't take care of it Your pet is attracting flies into our home now I chose to tolerate her for months because I remember when I was younger I too suffered from depression and couldn't function very well So I thought she deserved to have some time to improve as I did But none of my kindness and patience has worked out her actions not only affect me but an innocent living thing So, please do not think i'm cold or cruel to her I'm really not about her parents. I showed my kindness and patience too because I totally understand why they were so worried about her Your child's living in another country is probably depressed is distant from you and would disappear from home for days And the only one you can contact is her roommates. Yes, I understand this 100% That's why I agree to let them get my number text me day and night and I answered all of her mother's nonsense questions I also made sure to speak politely to them even when I really was upset with them But it's become clear. They don't respect my privacy and boundaries I'm totally okay with helping them confirm if their daughter is safe at home But I can't let them assume i'm willing to be her babysitter Also, what kind of babysitter is only worth a hundred bucks? I've got my own life my own school to deal with and I don't have all the time to deal with their family business It was also very shady of them to harass my friend for my privacy I am also living by myself in another country far away from my family Do my parents not worry about my safety? She's not the only one who has loving parents She's not the only one who has difficulties living in another country alone I cried a lot when I had difficulties in another country My parents worried sick about me as well But they never tried to move in with me against me and my roommates will They also never harassed my friend to get my information I too once suffered from depression when I was younger and so did lots of my friends But none of us were this dirty and lazy when we went through all of this So no, i'm tired of tolerating all of her actions I plan to let our local animal shelter know about this as soon as tomorrow I will definitely want them to either take the guinea pig away or give it to someone better I don't mind taking care of it when I move out and live in my new place The poor thing has been suffering from her also about the parents group chat I am totally fine with parents caring about their children's life But seriously the big reason why they have this group chat is because we have so many immature childish Irresponsible students in the campus who are from my country 
and it's always the parents who've raised them this way i've had friends i'm talking about friends from my country in our school that went through very similar things like they're forced to live with irresponsible students from our countries they're forced to do all the cleaning for the whole house because those spoiled children wouldn't when i talked to a friend of mine about this he told me we have way too many students from our countries acting like your roommate in this school This is nothing new and trust me it's always the parents now look i don't exactly know which country opie and her friend comes from but but what is going on there has this country in particular got some issues with producing parents that don't know how to parent and kids that are just very immature and can't adults it's very strange from your behalf opie i would say just block her parents forget they even exist they have nothing to do with you it's their choice whether they want to get involved to such an extent as they're doing but then trying to get your private information constantly harassing you nah you don't have time for that as you said sack them off block them and just try and forget about the situation now moving on to the pets op has actually posted quite a lot in various different subreddits about how to deal with this guinea pig looking for advice across the internet as to what to do i'll chuck some images up on screen now if you're watching on youtube you can see these posts on r slash guinea pigs pretty much just saying what on earth do i do my roommate treats her pet like this and i'm clueless can you help what should i do in this situation so clearly op is a very caring individual i rate you highly but her roommate wow useless i never thought it would happen until it did entitled mum got mad at us a lesbian couple for existing actually this has never happened to us so overtly before we've gotten stares weird looks whispering about us even a parent or two making sure their kid didn't go near us but nothing like this my wife and i have been together for 10 years and married for eight the state legalized marriage equality before obergefell yay PDA isn't common for us, but my wife has done amazing trauma work and is now more affectionate overall. I am proud of her. Sometimes this means affection in public. We'll hold hands, use honey and pet names, briefly kiss, sit by each other, nothing out of the ordinary. Anyway, we went to travel up north. If you're Midwestern, you know what this means. The species Homo Midwesternus naturally seeks out magnetic north and water sources for summer fun. Unfortunately, so did all the other people. We couldn't leave until after work, so we got stuck in traffic and decided to stop at a diner on the way. Even more unfortunately, this was the place that had elected Michelle Bachman, though we didn't realize at the time. This was before COVID and we hosted a few exchange students. We had our temporary daughter, a 16-year-old girl, with us. You can't have the American experience without going to the lake. We go in and sit down. It's one of five or so locations of a regional diner we like. Amazing shakes, reasonable food portions that you can actually eat in one sitting, a 1950s theme. I guess this entitled mum thought we were back in the 1950s. AC inside is too cold for the temperature outside. My wife and I are on the same side of the booth and we're trying to keep warm by sitting shoulder to shoulder and holding hands. I hear a young kid ask, why are two girls holding hands? Is that their kid? The entitled mum at the next table doesn't answer. Instead, can you not do that? My kids, this is a family restaurant. I mostly just observe this because I am beta around conflict from childhood trauma, but I'm confused and just said, uh, we're just cold. Not do what? That gay stuff. Don't get sexual with each other. There are kids. It's clear in the Bible that what you're doing is wrong. And think of the example you're setting for her. She gestures to our 16-year-old. My wife is something when she's mad. I love hearing her yell at someone else. 
She's also an ex-evangelical and knows her Bible. Jesus never mentioned gay people, she says quietly through clenched teeth. You can check that. It's not in the red letters. And the word homosexual in Leviticus is a mistranslation. It is not. You can't just twist something holy any way you want. She stews for a bit, during which time my wife kisses me on the cheek. We're not perfect. We kind of like messing with people. She goes off again, louder. Stop it. You're disgusting. I don't want kids to see that. And you're grooming your own daughter. Luckily, I don't think our 16-year-old knew what this woman meant by grooming. Connotation versus denotation is hard for non-native speakers. But she caught on to the part about kids. All the while, I was trying to bite back swear words and make sure the wife doesn't go off. I'm fine. I'm on an exchange. We have these families in my country too. I think you're disgusting. You are dying. I didn't know our 16-year-old had the linguistic confidence to argue in English, and I suspect a mistranslation. I'm pretty sure she meant your ideas are dying and you're old. Now, while I do agree with you, OP, I'd like to think that she also meant that this entitled mum is just dying. That's harsher. I'm puzzling over what our 16-year-old said when the waitress asked if we'd like to move. No food yet, so that's fine. I thank her for looking out for us. She's busy serving tables, including the entitled mums. The rest of the meal passes without further incidents and we get our delicious shakes. But the waitress says to us, I accidentally dropped her sandwich on the floor. I was going to ask for a remake, but then I heard her going off on you. I assume she let that entitled mum eat floor food. Well, that is definitely what she deserved. Wow. Your daughter's reply sums it up. Yes, I agree. She's living in the 50s. Come on, what are you doing, woman? It's 2022. Live a little. Understand what's going on in the world. You bigot. I really love that you hit back on the Bible stuff, saying that no is actually a mistranslation. I didn't know that myself personally. But when the woman said, you can't just twist something holy any way you want. Yeah. The irony there, unreal. It's just odd, right, that homophobes still exist on the one hand. And second of all, that they tell you not to be sexual. Like, are you not allowed to hold hands? It's not sexual. Even kissing is not sexual. Come on, is this a little peck on the lips sexual? I mean, what? It's as if you're having sex right there and then on the table in the 1950s diner. Come on, who cares? Not me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Entitled mum ruins my 21st birthday by conveniently neglecting to tell me that the child I nanny is sick Despite knowing I have an autoimmune related chronic illness I am a 21 year old woman from the southern us and I nannied for this entitled mum for two years I have a chronic illness which nobody knows the cause of but it's theorized to be autoimmune as over 90% of cases test positive for autoimmune antibodies. If I get a flare-up, I'll be sick for a week and a half, while a normal person might be sick for three days. I also get deconditioned and fatigued. The entitled mum of this story was told of my illness at the beginning of my job. I cared for her two children, Max, who is five, and Daisy, eight. Now, Max is not potty trained despite being five. For clarity, he just turned five recently and his mum mentioned several times that she was trying to potty train him. Now, I saw the kid's potty, but he didn't use it while I was there. 
he also refuses to wipe himself I have let him poop directly into my hands while he was lying on the floor Not three feet from the nearest toilet because he threw a tantrum and didn't want to and yes I wiped his butt after he throws toys at me and tantrums often He breaks things and then points at me and yells. It's your fault Daisy has bullied kids and screams bloody murder randomly to get attention She calls max names stupid dumb annoying her favorite game is rich versus poor Where of course every time she makes me poor if I go to the bathroom She will stand outside and she sneaks around stealing things She isn't allowed to goes through my belongings grabs things without asking and has broken my phone before one time I told her I ran out of phone data So I couldn't let her use it and her response was just buy a new one. Okay. Look, I want to be clear I am not blaming the kids. They mimic behaviors that were modeled by others They seem normal, but I don't know if they have any issues. This is to show how much I gave to the job. Their entitled mum neglected to tell me the kids were sick four times during the past few months. Here's the story of the first time. Daisy is always hyper. I try to be patient with her because I genuinely don't know if she has behavioral issues and it's not my place to ask. Today, she was calm and had bedhead. She was in casual clothes, but I thought nothing of it. The entitled mum said nothing when she was gone daisy brags to me that she stayed home from school I asked why and she said i'm sick I panicked but I figured her entitled mum was just busy taking care of two young kids and forgot to mention it When she came home, she made a beeline to daisy I think she thought she was out of my earshot because she whispered to her quietly saying poor baby How are you? Do you feel better? Luckily, I have great hearing and caught it. As soon as I went home, I cleaned up. Now the second time, again, the entitled mum acted like nothing was wrong. I was not told her kids were sick. When she left, they said, guess what? I ask what? And Daisy again says, we're sick, smiley face. I decided to probe and I asked, how do you know? Max says, I threw up twice. Daisy jumps in, I threw up once. I asked when and max said yesterday I got a cold as soon as I was home and was mildly sick for the rest of the week At this point I realized I was intentionally not being told and told family members I wanted to quit But they told me how mean and terrible I was because you're helping a mother and they can't help it and my babies the third time I went to take care of max I was told it would be easy and only for a few hours Within 15 minutes, I hear an ear-splitting crying and go upstairs to find Max sobbing that he had diarrhea and nightmares. I felt bad, so I changed him and wiped the liquid poop off his bare butts. I put him back to bed and he woke up again with more diarrhea. I repeat the cycle and he tells me after I'm done, can I tell you a secret? I say, yes, of course. What? He says, I'm sick. I have a cold. He hugs me because he's scared and sneezes into my face. His entitled mum again mentions absolutely nothing when she comes home. After that session, I was sick for a week with diarrhea, stomach cramps, brain fog, and joint pain during finals week. At this point, I decided I was going to quit. Yet again, I was gaslit and told I would regret my decision, but I made up my mind. The fourth time. This was the last day after I made up my mind to quit. I was told again this day would be easy. Max woke up within 15 minutes sobbing. I waited a few minutes to see if he would go back to sleep. I then hear the biggest fit of coughing I've ever heard 
So I go upstairs and lo and behold, he is coughing up a storm and says he woke up with nightmares and needed to be changed. I changed him. Luckily, not diarrhea, but still vile. And he told me again, can I tell you a secret? I have a little cold. I feel nauseous and I have diarrhea and a cough. He was terrified. So I stayed in the room with him until the session ended. He coughed the whole time. Again, his entitled mum mentioned nothing. I should mention that out of these times, three out of four of them were date nights. Only one was school related. Also, the entitled mum knew that I had gotten sick after one of the dates. The I have a secret phrasing the kids used makes me think the kids were told not to tell me they were sick. I don't regret being there for the kids while they were sick or being there with Max when he was scared and couldn't sleep. I do feel upset that I'm missing an important event because of something that was easily preventable. This entitled mum was nice and accommodating otherwise, but this was something serious that affected me a lot. So here I am, sick for four days with my 21st birthday three days away, and I will spend it ill, unable to go anywhere, and with an autoimmune flare-up. My birthday, health, and Memorial Day weekend for that matter is ruined because this entitled mum decided that her being overwhelmed was a bigger problem than me being chronically ill. I just needed to rant. Thank you for listening. I love you all. Hope you have a blessed day. I'm sorry, that is just so poor. This Karen is prioritizing herself and her lack of an ability to organize a babysitter correctly in time over your health. That is disgusting. I'm sorry, OP, but you have to just get rid of them right now. Do not babysit them anymore. They need to go and find someone else. I'm sorry, that's just awful. Imagine telling your five and eight-year-old children to lie about the fact that they have an illness just so you can get a babysitter easily. What sort of person are you? That's bad enough. On top of the fact that this girl has chronic illnesses that are going to be exacerbated by her getting ill. Oh, that's absolutely disgusting. Let's carry on. Now, this next story is an update from one that we had a few days earlier on my channel. If you haven't yet seen the story about the 14-year-old's birthday that gets cancelled by his own entitled parents, it's behind the i button right now on YouTube, and it's also down in the description on whatever platform you're on. You probably do need to listen to part one before you hear this. But anyway, here is an update to that story. When my parents were thrown out of a child's birthday party because they asked the stupidest thing imaginable. For those who read my previous post about how my parents parents tried to cancel my 14th birthday, they knew very well what my brother was like during birthday parties that weren't his own, and they tried to enable his behavior in any way they could just because he's a high-functioning autistic. Well, that rampant spoiling didn't go well with people outside of the family. Like, at all. This happened, I think, when my brother was around six or seven years old. A neighbor boy down the street was having his birthday party, and my brother got invited because they were sort of friends. But probably because they knew my parents would bring a gift, and they did. I don't remember what it was though, nor do I really care. My parents dragged me along to this party, even though I'd have rather stayed home and played video games. I was bored and sitting down almost the entire time. So I got to witness pretty much the whole situation. It started when my brother was caught picking up gifts off the table and shaking them. The mother of the birthday boy told him to stop and my parents tried to defend my brother and say he was harmless. But the lady knew what my brother was really like and had my parents move him away from the presence. There were some games that the kids were playing. I don't remember what they were. 
But I do remember my brother tried to be the center of attention as much as possible With each game the birthday boy got first pick or turn on them all because it was his birthday But my brother freaked out because he didn't get to be first and my parents asked the birthday boy's mother If my brother could get the first pick or the first turn and the lady not only refused But told my parents to get my brother under control or we'd all be asked to leave then came time for the cake The mother lit the candles for the birthday boy and the adults started singing the happy birthday song They only got as far as singing the birthday boy's name in the song before my brother burst into a tantrum at the table He grabbed the side of the table and started trying to violently shake it My parents had to hold my brother back for a moment And then I saw my mother go up and talk to the mother of the birthday boy again about something And the poor lady looked positively disgusted. I learned later that she'd asked her to let my brother blow out the candles first and then they could redo it for her son. The lady told my mother that it would be best if we left and then they went back to trying to redo the birthday song. Well, my brother couldn't take it and ran to the table and shoved the whole cake right at the birthday boy. I mean, he used his arm to literally clothesline the cake and heave it right into that poor kid's face. The whole room was silent for a few seconds and then a bunch of kids started laughing. Then the birthday boy started crying and the adults were all mortified. Except for my parents my mother just started hugging my brother tightly and acting like a karen by saying this could have been prevented If they just let my brother blow out the candles first The mother of the birthday boy was cleaning up chocolate cake off her son and screamed at my parents to get out The other kids there started crying because it finally hit them that there was now no cake My mother started dragging my brother out But he broke free of her and then pushed over the table with all the presents on it I grabbed him and held him in a headlock till my parents grabbed him I apologized profusely to the mother of the birthday boy and said I wasn't on my parents side in the matter Yeah, that's right Little 12 year old me had to apologize for my own parents My dad yelled at me to get moving or I could walk home So I said i'd walk home. It was literally a quarter mile down the street I stayed and helped clean up the mess my brother had made the lady thanked me and said that I was a good egg But my brother was just rotten Someone went out and got another cake while the birthday boy had to take a shower because he was covered in it All the mess was cleaned up and they redid the birthday song After the party was over the mother of the birthday boy wrote something out on a piece of paper It was a handwritten invoice to my parents for the destroyed cake Along with a written threat to call police as someone there with a camera had caught everything I handed the invoice to my parents and they really didn't look happy when they read it Then they gave me the cash and told me to take it back to the lady. So I did. And that was pretty much it. Neither that kid or his family ever associated with my brother or my parents ever again. But the messed up thing is that at another birthday party months later, the same situation nearly repeated entirely. Again, my mother asked the parents to let my brother blow out the candles first. She gave a BS excuse as to why. Of course, they outright refused and my mother acted like a total Karen. My brother tried to knock down the cake. I was on guard though and intercepted him. Then we were told to leave. It was after that that my brother was no longer invited to birthday parties that were not relatives. And then on my next birthday in that same year when I turned 13 My parents tried to get me to let my brother blow out my candles 
and my aunt tore into them for that It was then I guessed that my parents decided that if I couldn't share then next year I shouldn't have a party at all and any previous readers know how that turned out And as I said guys if you don't know how that turned out and you want to know again This is an update to that first part It's behind the i button and again down in the description another whirlwind of a story about these two crazy parents And like I said when I read the first part, I get it. It's tough. Your son is autistic I understand that but there's limits to what you can get away with demanding to other people other children that your son blow out their birthday candles is a step too far and then on top of that just destroying the entire thing i mean come on what's going on there i do get the feeling that unfortunately op probably has a lot more stories to tell about his parents and his brother but wow those two unbelievable now our final story of today's episode is another update from a previous story for that one again get down in the description and the pinned comment the links will be there for part one i read this one just a few days ago it's about the entitled mum that stole opie's ipad at the car dealership without further ado let's see what happened next so here we are then updates entitled mum steals my ipad and demands i let her kid keep it hi all it's been a stressful and anticlimactic week I came back to work on my day off on monday to talk to the police the entitled mum apparently doesn't live in the county she came here to try and buy a car that isn't available in her area so they had to reach out to the police department there to talk to her they took my info and told me to fill out a police report online so they can get started which i did the next day the shooting in texas happened r.i.p those little angels so the police assigned to my case deemed it not important enough and placed it on hold for a two-day shooting drill that commenced the following day wednesday and thursday i finally got word back yesterday on saturday that the entitled mum has been contacted and told to either give the pencil back or be charged with theft i don't know what her reaction was whether she went to the police or they went to her or what kind of conversation they had but i do know she handed over the pencil two of her county cops just came into the dealer a few moments ago and gave me my pencil they then told me that next time if i can do it myself then confront the entitled mum myself and i was capable of doing so because of the info we had on her However, they did say that they can proceed with the charges for theft if I wish to do so, but say I should think about her child and that she returned the pencil anyways. Honestly, guys, I don't want to make this political, but at this point I was exhausted and did not want to deal with the police or anyone in the legal system further. I just thanked the cops, offered them coffee and sent them on their way. I really don't know if that was the proper procedure for police work or if we're all stressed because of what happened on Tuesday. I live in a dominantly Hispanic area and the tragedy hits us all exceptionally hard. I don't even have the energy to be angry anymore. I'm just really tired and happy to have my pencil back. Now I have two. I'll probably give my newer one to my little cousin who wants to follow me in my art footsteps. She doesn't have an ipad but her sister does so maybe she can let her use it i don't know i wish i had a more juicy and righteous story about how the entitled mum was arrested and paid me money because of a stupid decision she made but the tragedy humbled me to my core all i have to say now is take care of yourselves i love you and thank you for reading yeah and there you go i guess not every entitled parent story has to have an unbelievable outcome or update where an entitled parent goes to jail or pays x amount of money etc the good thing is you got your pen back you already 
had your iPad back and now you've got your pen back, which is the only other thing that was stolen. So I guess that's a positive. For me personally, I totally understand what OP is saying here. And given the context of everything that had happened about the shooting, etc., she probably wasn't in the right headspace or didn't really care that much to press on and actually follow up with charges that may not have resulted too much anyway. And as for you lot as well, I agree with OP. You know, look after each other. It's a pretty terrible situation that's happened there. All I can say is, yeah, if you were badly affected by what happened, then yeah, look after yourselves. One last thing I've got to say, though, just quickly is... These police, like, what are they actually doing? Sorry, but they've done nothing apart from, say, take it into your own hands next time. So what, are they just inciting violence, pretty much? It's not as if this woman's gonna say, oh yeah, let me just give you back the pen. That's not gonna happen. It didn't happen the first time. What? I don't know, it just leaves a bit of a weird, sour taste in my mouth. But hey, what can I say? Thanks for the update. Uh, yeah, at least you got your pen back. Good stuff. Mum thinks it would be hilarious to have her kid hold up a sign saying he's been kidnapped. I am a former police officer who had to retire due to being badly injured. But this was one of my last calls before the incident that forced me into retirement. I worked for a small town police department with only five or six officers on duty at any given time. And we each covered a vast swathe of land. My beat mainly was the rural area and county highway that passes throughout the little town. One clear sunny afternoon, I'm doing speed enforcement on the highway when my radio crackles to life of a possible kidnapping in progress and the dispatcher proceeds to provide the details of the make and model of the car, including a female driver with short blonde hair. I proceed to get onto my computer to see if there are any more details given about this. And sure enough, there is in the call log. It provides even more details, saying RP, reporting party, reports there is a young kid sitting in the hatchback part of the vehicle with a sign that says, help, I've been kidnapped, call 911, and the hands appear to be tied together. While the call is within our jurisdiction, they're nowhere near me, so there's nothing I can do at the moment besides other officers and sheriff deputies who are already looking for the vehicle. All is quiet for the next 10 minutes. Everybody is behaving themselves and driving the speed limit when my radio crackles to life again. We're getting another call regarding the reported kidnapping. They're now traveling south on County Highway 123. And my ears perk up and my heart starts to race as the vehicle is coming in my direction and we'll be here any minutes. As I'm waiting for the call, dispatch gets three more calls from fellow drivers who have seen this young kid holding up the help I've been kidnapped sign and had called 911 to report it. With this stretch of highway being very flat, I'm able to see cars miles and miles away, especially if I'm using binos. And sure enough, here comes the van. And as the van passes me, I can see the female driver who matches the description given by the RPs and the kid sitting up against the sidewall in the hatchback area. I don't pull out right away, just in case this is an honest-to-God kidnapping. I don't want to spook the driver and get into a high-speed chase. Not to mention, I'm completely alone, and in this type of situation, you want to have a decent amount of backup in case they decide to run, shoot it out, or whatever. So, I wait until she's a good mile or two away, then I pull out and tail her from that distance until I can get some backup. Luckily, there is a highway patrol barracks not too far away, and they heard my call for assistance. Just as we pass the road that leads to the highway patrol barracks, I see four trooper vehicles pull out behind me, so I fall back and let the troopers take lead. In case this turns into a chase, they'd already be in position. While we're getting into position to stop the van, we're talking about how we're going to approach the situation. Are we going to do a soft traffic stop and proceed as a regular traffic stop and just pull the driver out of the vehicle? Or are we going to do a full felony stop? We decided to do a full felony stop. So we spread out across all four lanes of traffic 
and all turn our lights and blip our sirens at the same time. The female doesn't pull over to the side of the highway in the breakdown lane, but instead slammed on the brakes and stops in the middle of the highway. We all position our vehicles to give us the maximum amount of coverage in case of a gunfight, then get out with weapons drawn while ordering the female driver out of the vehicle. We should have known something was up when as soon as she got out of the vehicle, she started screaming, It was a freaking joke! But right now, we're not too interested in what she has to say. The point man keeps telling her to keep walking backwards until we tell her to stop and then get down on the ground. She complies and she's cuffed. Next, we turn our attention to the female passenger, who we didn't know at the time as we couldn't see her face, but she was the female driver's 13-year-old daughter. We ordered her backwards to get on the ground and cuffed her as well. And we did this for the next four passengers who were riding in the four seats in the back of the van. Once we got all perceived threats out of the vehicle and secured, two troopers went up to clear the vehicle while another trooper and myself rescued the young boy who was bawling from the hatchback and we put him in the back of one of our vehicles to get him away from his perceived kidnappers. The whole time, mind you, the driver and front female passengers kept yelling, it's a joke, he's my son or my brother. I can't believe you guys. So after securing everybody in separate vehicles, we start to get to the bottom of this situation. The first person we talk to is the young boy who has since calmed down after the female trooper got him a stuffed dinosaur and a snack. And we begin to start asking him questions This is when we learned the whole thing was the female drivers and her daughter's sick idea of a funny prank Since the van was full they decided to put the young kid in the hatchback They then thought it would be funny to make a sign saying help i've been kidnapped and have the young boy hold it up While someone else in the van record the reaction of other drivers after they read the sign Oh wow Apparently, they'd been doing it all day and just didn't get caught until they reached our area. After talking to the other passengers, who were all under the age of 16, I learned it was mainly the idea of the mother and teen daughter. And after some discussion with the county DA on how it should be handled, we were told to kick the four teenagers in the back loose with no charges, to write the teenage daughter the juvenile equivalent of a ticket for inducing panic, and last but not least, save the best for mum. I opened the back door of my vehicle so I could talk to the mum. As soon as I did, she started to get out of the vehicle when I told her to stay put. She said, Why? Don't you need to take the handcuffs off me so I can sign the ticket you're going to give me? Right? I said, It's not quite that simple. I'm afraid you're in a bit more trouble than a simple ticket. You're going to be charged with several felonies. This is when she lost it and started screaming over and over again. It was a freaking joke. I can't believe nobody can take a freaking joke anymore. It was a joke. Now uncuff me or I'm going to have my husband sue you for unlawful detention. I proceeded to read her her Miranda rights. All the while, she starts sobbing with no tears, I might add, while muttering, it was a freaking joke. After I finished with her Miranda warning, I asked her if she was willing to talk to me. She told me to F off. So I did just that and shut the door to let her wait for the transport vehicle. By this time, the husband and father had shown up at the scene to collect his kids and the vehicle and was filled in on the situation. All he could do is shake his head and say, this isn't the first time she's done stupid rubbish like this. It's just the first time she's been caught. I've warned her in the past not to do it because I knew it would end up in a situation like this one. After about 10 minutes, the transport van showed up and took her away. And I went back to a quiet afternoon of catching speeders. The female driver was charged with the following. 
Seven counts of inducing panic, all misdemeanor. Six counts of felony child endangerment, one for each kid she had in the vehicle. The reason it was a felony is that her actions put her children's lives in danger by forcing us to do a felony stop over a prank. And finally, one count of having an unrestrained child. She decided to put her six-year-old son in the hatchback of the van because they didn't have any room up front. While none of those kids should have been back there, I'd rather one of the older kids instead of the six-year-old. The reason why? Because the other boys were too tall and wouldn't have been comfortable back there. I mean, look, as pranks go, that is right up there for me as one of the funniest of all time. If you know Sam Pepper and you know the prank that he pulled where he convinced one best friend that his other best friend was dead. Wow, this is a similar level. I mean, that's really, really good, isn't it? In all seriousness, this is so dangerous. And the fact that this woman said, what? It was just a joke. Fine, give me a ticket and I'll go. Just shows how stupid she is. Like, I'm sorry, but that emergency stop alone, slamming the brakes in the middle of the motorway, that could have caused such a serious accident. Oh, it's unreal. Let's carry on. I am also a bit guilty. So picture this you get off work after an overnight shift You want to start playing pokemon go It's a warm day and you work a block from the beach or boardwalk now with all this anyone would want to go on a walk But this was my mistake as many of you will know working in security or customer service Or any job that has to do with people will know the beach is a hot spot for the most snooty of people During my walk I was off to the side minding my own business when this woman came up to me and pulls on my arm me confused Asked her if everything is okay and if she needed something my mistake This lady demands I watch her child while she takes pictures on the beach Now to this person, I am a total stranger, no relation at all. So I say no and start to walk away as one should in this situation. She grabs me and starts saying that I need to watch her kid. I pop my shoulder joint and slink my arm out of her grasp. I walk maybe a few blocks and pop my shoulder back in and go back to paying attention to Pokemon Go when I feel a tug on my pants. I look up confused and I feel the tug again. I look down and there is this woman's kid. He politely asked for water, so I gave him my extra water bottle and locate the mother. This is where I get the idea. I teach this kid the C word. After I make sure he has a firm grasp on this word, I tell him to introduce to her his new word. I think it was maybe five minutes. Poplio is a pain to catch. And then I hear that super loud yelling all kids do. But instead of the random normal screaming, it is the C word screamed. And it was loud. Every head in the area turns to look the direction of the kid who was repeatedly and at the top of his lungs screaming the C word. Thinking I've got to make myself sparse. I quickly turn around and walk into an alley between two hotels. I hear the kid continuously scream the word. I get to my car and that is when I start laughing my butt off. I've got no clue what happened after I left the beach. I'm sure I'll hear something about this tonight. I'll update if I do. See, this is what I'm saying, guys. This is the best policy. If any of you listening, watching right now, spot a Karen out in the wild or have an interaction like this with an entitled parent, this is the best thing to do. Just mug them off. Simple as that. Just destroy them. Take the mick out of them. Do what this geezer did. Great stuff. Love it. I wish everyone that met an entitled parent did something like this. I would much rather ask for forgiveness than permission. My wife and I have a pretty nice backyard. It takes a lot of work to maintain it, but it pays off because we all love sitting out there and looking out at our backyard as we eat meals at our kitchen table. Recently, we heard voices coming from the backyard. I went out to investigate what the issue was, 
and there are a bunch of people doing a senior high school picture session in our backyard there were six high schoolers total among the others present. as i approached them i asked them what they thought they were doing the one woman barely even glanced at me dismissively saying we had such a beautiful yard and would make for great senior pictures It turns out she was our neighbor from across the street that i'd never met face to face just the polite waves as you drive by each other Let me tell you it was a less than stellar first impression They made no effort to move further engage in conversation nor leave my property They simply stopped talking to me continued giving each other pose directions and continued snapping pictures I just stood there for a moment stunned as they started walking around me to set up in a new position by our pond I snapped out of it and I made it clear that I was none too fond of them trespassing on my property to which the woman said and I quote I would much rather ask for forgiveness than permission It wasn't just the fact she said it. It wasn't how she said it It was the fact that she said it multiple times while I was making it clear I wasn't happy with them being there after getting frustrated with the conversation going nowhere I coldly quit back that doesn't work so well when the owner has a gun after that I walked back inside to speak to my wife regarding how much of a deal we wanted to make about this Well, we were on the same page We had to make sure this neighbor knew she was not welcome to just trespass in our yard whenever she wanted Especially our backyard. I walked back outside to confront them again to make them leave But they were already gone I guess my comment and demeanor hit home and made them feel like it was a good idea to leave I know not a great ending to the story This story could have ended a lot of different ways But i'll happily accept an ending where it didn't escalate into a big confrontation and they simply left We haven't caught them in our backyard again But that doesn't mean she won't try again or won't just wait until we leave Sorry guys. I just need to take a quick second to understand exactly what she said I would much rather ask for forgiveness than permission. That is so nuts I'm, sorry, but it really is like I don't want to get deep here But chuck that into any other context maybe getting criminal now I mean trespassing is criminal, but think about much more serious stuff. That is such a mental thing to say How about this? She then goes on and kills a man because she doesn't like them now instead of asking i don't know his wife's permission to do that she instead asked for forgiveness from his wife for killing her husband now look i know it's a little bit far-fetched but that is the level we're talking here ridiculous now guys our final story of today's episode is an update from one i read a couple of months ago if you haven't yet seen it link down below in the description in the pinned comment and also behind the i button right now if you're watching on youtube the title is mother is impersonating me and a quick update this person's dad forced them to either quit their job or half their hours yet refused to support them financially despite the fact they were a minor it was a pretty crazy first story Go and listen to it first. Here we go then. Basically, things have escalated and my mother has started calling into my work under my name and acting like a butthole to my manager, saying that I can't work today. I came into work today and everybody was shocked to see me because apparently I'd called in a few hours ago and said I was sick. I agreed with my parents about a week or two ago that I would drop to one day a week starting next weekend. When my mother picked me up from work yesterday, she changed her mind and told me that I wouldn't be allowed work today. No reason at all. She just did a 180. I reasoned with her and said that today would be my last Sunday shifts, but she threatened to call in sick or quit on my behalf unless I listened to her. Anyways, I woke up today ready to call in sick. But my dad took my side and told my mum that we'd made an agreement for next weekend and that it wasn't fair on me to order me around like this. I thought it was all sorted and my dad even offered to drive me into work 
Fast forward about half an hour and I arrived there to find out that my mum had called in sick under my name while I'd been on my way to work. She never told me she'd cancelled my shifts, so I guess it was just to spite me. Well, I ended up in a very awkward situation and I had to explain the whole story about my mother to four concerned managers. What the heck do I do when I come home? Impersonating me like that has to be illegal. Now my mum is gaslighting me and telling me that she never called in and is furious at me for even suggesting that she did. What do I say to her to make sure this never happens again? Or even to make her admit that she did it? Well, unfortunately, my friend, judging by this post and your previous one, there is nothing you can say, nothing you can do, nothing you can say when it comes to the truth. Um, when it comes to your mother, that is. She is a wrong'un. And I also don't even know if those lyrics were correct. Can we get those lyrics up on screen? Were they right? Get in the comments, let me know. Dad thinks I don't know he's stalking me. I'm not sure where else to post this, solely because my dad repeatedly tells me that he's entitled to know what I'm doing and to follow me wherever I am because he's my father. Since 2018, my dad has been demanding I engage in a relationship with him. He cheated on my mother for her whole pregnancy, ran off with the other woman and fathered another kid with her all when I was two years old. Then, radio silence for 20 years. All of a sudden, he's demanding entry back into my life and that I be a sister to this other child. His words were, he deserves to know who his sister is. Like, I'm not even allowed to even know where you are for 20 years, but this kid is entitled to demanding a relationship from me that I don't even want? Okay, sure, Jan. There have been a lot of precipitating events since then, but recently I'm starting to get worried. I blocked his phone number, blocked him on Facebook, and blocked him on Snapchat. He told me he has every right to contact me because he's my father, and I tell him to eat rubbish. I was really very clear I wanted nothing to do with him. All of a sudden, he finds me on TikTok and follows me there. I posted about it, so everyone who follows me there will know who he is and what's happening in case the situation escalates. I feel like there's no place I can go on the internet to get away from him. A lot of people in the comments on TikTok have told me I'm being stalked. I want to report him, but I don't think I have a record of him making threats other than I'm your father, and if I want this, then it's going to happen. And without an explicit violent threat, there is technically no crime from what I've read of California state law. I know this sub isn't for legal advice, but his whole line of logic is literally, I'm entitled to harass you and make you afraid because I'm your father. Has anyone had to deal with something similar from an entitled parent? So then guys, this is where you need to get involved. If you've ever had an experience like this, get in the comments right now if you're watching on YouTube and let OP know what should she do in this situation. This is mental. It's bad enough that he wants you back in his life, but the way he's going about it, stalking you and finding you on various social media is downright creepy and surely it has to be illegal. The good news is that you're an adult now, therefore you're independent and can make your own legal decisions so he has no right to be in your life. But wow, what a man. That is disgusting. My black father called me me, a mixed race woman, a racial slur for having a white boyfriend and threatened to kill him multiple times. This happened a long while ago. I found my biological father whilst I was in foster care. He's from the Caribbean. I grew up in Hawaii. My mum is American. She's a whole other can of beans. I would talk to him over WhatsApp and he'd talk to me. He didn't raise me, so this is like an issue of entitlement over my dating habits. He also expressed other things about how I should live my life, like eating pork is evil, and he disliked the fact that I'm surrounded by evil Asians and whites all of the time. 
you know, normal dad things. That's like being an American GI and finding your long lost baby in the Philippines and discovering that, oh my God, they don't worship George Washington and they eat Dingwan and being mad about it. I was 17 when he found me and he expected me to be completely in line with his culture and expectations. At the time, he'd send me money, which I appreciated because my foster parents would take all of the money they received from the governments and only treated the Filipino foster child with any sense of care or love. If it's not obvious, my foster parents were Filipino. Me and the other non-Filipino foster children were left to fend for ourselves. We had a roof over our heads and some food, but that was the extent of them caring for us. We would have to buy our supplies for school, pay for laundry, find a way to get clothes, toiletries, etc. They were also openly racist. Foster parents eventually lost their license. Anyhow, while talking to my father, it was revealed he was a raging narcissist just like my mother. He'd tell grandiose tales about himself, how everyone loves him, and how I needed to go back to the Caribbean ASAP to get back to my culture, saying how I was a black Caribbean girl. He'd go on and on about culture, how I need to go back to my culture, how I'm a pure black woman and I need to go back to my culture. Whenever I said I was mixed, he said it was American cultural confusion. He was pretty racist against practically everyone who was not specifically exactly like him. Meanwhile, he wants to choose my husband, who of course has to be pure black, dark-skinned, with dreadlocks like him. The audacity to think that he has the right to select a husband for his estranged daughter who grew up in the comparatively socially progressive Hawaii shake my head. At the time, I started dating this white guy who I thought was cute and we hit it off. It turns out we share a lot in common. Fast forward, my father kind of finds out because I casually mentioned my friend. I feel like I'm lying by withholding information, so I come clean. My father threatened to fly to Hawaii and kill my boyfriend and called me a nasty, Americanized racial slur, a sellout that no one trusts black children with white fathers, that race mixing is American degeneracy, along with feminism and homosexuality. He then disowned me and stopped talking to me, not without a bunch of threats, calling me a dumb white girl, an American with no culture, and a sellout. My dad is great, yeah. I'm just so dumbfounded by this man. He has me with a white American woman and gets mad that when I'm raised by her, I don't share his cultural ideals and I see myself as mixed. What? Also, years have passed since then. Me and that guy I talk about are engaged and we live together in a pretty all right neighborhood with a pool and a dog. We're living pretty okay. I have no contact with my father. Oh, well, finally, some good news at the end of that story. I was getting pretty worried there that this was gonna end up with him forcing his way back into your life. And that would have been truly terrible. Thank God that this guy is no longer a part of your family. It looks like you're doing amazingly without him. Good decision. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your life. Pick your family or your boyfriend. A year ago, almost to the day, I learned I was pregnant. My boyfriend, now husband and I were excited. We talked about kids one day, but our son decided to join us earlier than expected. It's fine, we love him dearly. My parents, on the other hand, I'd planned to tell them when I was much further along. That way my little boy would be outside the 12 week danger zone and I could confidently say I was having a baby. That plan changed with a miscarriage scare and a hospital visit. My baby was fine, but I was scared to death. I got to my car after it all and proceeded to call my mum and break down crying. Now, my parents are deeply religious, members of the LDS community, so they're Mormon. Finding out their unwed daughter was pregnant was quite a shock to them. 
My mum is also a narcissist, so this was clearly a personal attack to her self-image on my part. She at least was chill with most of it, having gone through four turbulent pregnancies herself. So I can say she tried to alleviate my stress a bit. Dad is a whole other story. One day, in between packing up my apartment for storage and stressing about not stressing, he called me to have a serious chat. He started off by telling me he forgave me for my sins and to give me some advice. Namely, go to the temple, get sealed to my child, and do all their work, baby blessing, baptism, etc., behind my husband's back. Don't let him stop you from receiving your eternal blessings, he'd said. So I should separate my child and their father? You'll still have your family, and if so, you can choose to visit your husband in the terrestrial kingdom later. Save yourself for the higher glory. There are multiple kingdoms of heaven it gets unnecessary but if families are meant to be together forever why should i separate my child and his father who i love only families who live by the gospel standard get to live together in heaven you'll have to choose between your family and him i don't remember what was said after this but i know i was distraught for a faith centered on families he was quick to dismiss the one i'm building now He also doesn't see my marriage as legitimate because we didn't have a temple ceremony and we're waiting to have a full civil ceremony until later. He still bombards me with church propaganda and insists on me getting that stuff done without my husband's approval because your baby's eternal soul is more important than your husband's feelings. I will add here at the end that my husband and I are choosing to raise our son without direct religion. Let him discover what he believes and support him in it as he gets older. Now, guys, I'll be honest, I don't know too much about Mormonism myself, uh, so feel free to correct me in the comments down below if I'm wrong here. But if what OP is saying is true and Mormons are all about family, then how ironic is it that her own father is trying to disband hers? As long as you do what makes you happy, OP, and it looks like you are doing that. I personally love your approach to your son's religion and his choices, letting him choose what he likes when he gets older and supporting him, then that's all good, in my opinion. Entitled mum and entitled dads wanted me to name my kids after them despite me changing my religion. If Redditor is reading this, big time fan of the channel, well, turns out I am. Appreciate you. Let's get into this one. This is the tale of my crazy mother. So, some context. Me and my wife are a mixed race couple. I'm white and she's black Somalian. Because of this, I changed my religion from Christian to Islamic. My parents are devoted Christian white folk, so their pale, freckled, redhead child being with someone black and Islamic is a big no-no. They held it in for our wedding though, despite it not being a normal Christian wedding, and her family supported us, so we thought we were all good, right? Wrong. About three years later, we found out we were going to have a child, a girl, and we couldn't wait. My wife, let's call her Maya, wanted to name the baby after her sister who had passed away due to cancer. I immediately said yes, because I just want to make her happy. Plus, I like the name. Let's call her Romesa. That's not her real name. When my parents found out though, they were not happy. I went to their house and this was our convo. Notes, my dad isn't as entitled as my mum, but he is rather strict, even though we joke a lot together. Mostly, he fears her and goes along with whatever scam she pulls. Oh, hi OP. How's your wife doing? She's doing great. How are you? I'm okay, mum said sadly, but I was thinking of baby girl names for you. Oh, thanks, but we've already chosen a name. Oh, I know, Rumisa, she pronounced it incorrectly. Anywho, I have a name that's actually perfect. It's my name. Isn't that a great idea? 
Side note, my mum's name, I'm not going to say her actual name, is not an Islamic name. Let's call her Maria. Uh, sorry, yeah, I can't. It's not Islamic and my wife wanted it, so I support it. She frowns before immediately getting cross and raised her voice. Oh, please, I know my child more than she does and I know you don't actually want that. You clearly want your offspring to have a nice Christian name. She refers to herself and be a devout Christian like me. Why are you being selfish? I just want to be remembered in the family after I pass. She was 52 years old at the time of the story. Think about the woman who raised and helped you become the man you are today, who stopped you from making bad decisions that are bad to Jesus. I bet your wife has intoxicated my baby's mind with evil thoughts against God. I was a little ticked off by her at this point. Mom, calm down. I'm not your baby anymore and I can make my own decisions. This is ridiculous. Why are you so disrespectful? Are you possessed? You're not the boy I raised. She then called my dad from upstairs. Now my dad's never been a bad guy, just a bit selfish at times. He's mainly bald head, orange Viking beard guy. So my dad comes rushing down as my mum starts bawling that I was being rude to her and I was on the wrong path to hell. My sweet old dad proceeded to give me an earful about how I need to apologize to my mother about stressing her out. He then demanded I did as she said and named the baby after her. Then he promptly asked me, well, more like told me to do the same with his name if we have a boy i just left afterwards and i didn't see them again until the birth of my child of course we put the original name down for our child like we intended but my mother had apparently been telling everyone and i mean everyone about how we were going to name the child after her and how she would be just like her with pale skin and dark brown hair with blue eyes i'm not sure how she got to that conclusion but in her words god always finds a way she said that to everyone friends family colleagues so imagine my surprise when i started getting messages congratulating me on baby maria also she has my surname aka her surname and the confused messages i got back when i corrected them they informed me that my parents told them about the delusion my mum made them think was my life she said apparently that i was married to a white christian lady I was becoming a pastor and worst of all they showed me images on mum's facebook and social media of me with scraggy hair a beard and a leather jacket compared to me with short hair clean shaven with church clothes on taken at different times and her messages about how i was misguided as a rebellious youth but she helped me find god and then i was straightened out and became what she wanted the message that still annoys me to this day is my son is going to be the next Nikki Cruz and I feel safe knowing I've helped him into making a person who will spread the word of Jesus and will make the world a better place. I was so annoyed that she basically rewrote my entire life without me knowing all how she wanted me to be. The final straw though was when I got to their house after my baby's birth. We went to my mother's who proceeded to hog the baby while not looking so pleased. The baby didn't look like her, lol before asking when is the baptism mum we're islamic remember the baby is also islamic what how could you do this to poor maria jr first of all her name is not maria second of all i'm not some toy you can play with how dare you after all i've done for you you haven't done anything to me other than be a pain Come on, Maya, let's leave. We then left the party as my mother was yelling at us, crying that no amount of praying could save us from a path of sin. The worst part? 
she then keeps contacting my wife telling her that she was ripping me from her and my religion and how she should get a divorce if she wants to go to heaven that type of stress should not be put on a new mother she also keeps telling me to divorce her and come back to the church and let her see her grandbaby but she continues to call her maria jr and refuses to accept the name we gave her so yeah that's my story thanks for reading oh my god dude that is mental um if you are watching this video op first of all i'm sorry that your mum acts like this second of all if you want to give us a cheeky little update get down in the comments and i'll pin it uh, unbelievable is all i can say to that really i always feel weird like telling people to stay away from their own parents because if you think about it in isolation that is such a weird thing to say like don't have a relationship with your parents and i'm sitting there in my room saying that to them but once again i find those words wanting to pass through my lips because how can you have a relationship with someone like this that refuses to call your baby by their actual name tells you to change your religion and then demands that you divorce your wife what friends think i shouldn't mourn a death about six years ago my daughter-in-law passed away due to an overdose to say that her death rocked our family to its knees is an understatement. I still cannot say her name out loud without choking back sobs. There are some family members that cannot even speak about her yet, which includes my son, her husband. I'm wiping away the tears as I type this, thinking of her death and such a young life being cut short and everything she missed out on. She left behind a baby, my grandchild, that I've had the honor of raising since her passing. My son was incarcerated when she passed away. Five years ago, her mother wanted to have a celebration of life for her daughter, my daughter-in-law, at the one-year anniversary of her passing. We put great effort into a celebration, not a mourning. It took a lot of willpower to keep it a happy celebration of her memory and the happy-go-lucky person she was before her addiction quickly consumed her. At the end of it, I was emotionally drained. I maintained my happy face until I was home. I asked another family member to keep my grandchild for the night as they were too young to understand what was going on that day and needed to be taken care of. I needed time to decompress and be taken care of by my husband. A few hours after being home, a few drinks in me, I'd cried myself to sleep. I slightly woke up when I heard my husband talking on the phone. I heard him say, no, I don't think she's up to it. A few minutes later, he repeated that, along with the reminder of what day it was and where we had been that early afternoon. After getting off the phone, he checked on me, asked if I was hungry yet, but to go back to sleep. I don't know how long it was. I'd went to lay down in my bed instead of the couch. I was deep asleep when someone yanked the blanket off of me and told me to get my lazy butt out of bed. I'm not gonna lie, I came up swinging. There stood my maid of honor. I asked her what the frick her problem was. She smirked and said, get your butt in gear. We're going to the bar to hear this band. No excuses. I shook my head and said, I can't, I'm done for the day. I've got no more in me today. I've smiled and played nice all day when in the back of my mind, all I could hear was an endless loop of the phone call telling me that my daughter-in-law had died. Oh my God, everyone wants to go, move it. No, really, I'm not up to being around more people. I can't take another crowd. My head hurts from the stress. I'm not up to loud music and bar noise. You're being selfish. We all want to go and you're holding us up. Get ready. Whatever. Bye. The door's behind you. You know, you need to get over it. She's dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. She's gone. You can't bring her back. Do you think I don't know that? 
but I've spent the last year being the rock for everyone. I'm taking tonight for me and I'm going to cry for everything that she's going to miss out on. Oh, boo-hoo. A drug addict died. You're all better off without her anyway. What did you just say to me? I know you didn't just say that to me. Please, tell me that was my imagination. I'm hallucinating from the stress. I said it. I have no use for addicts and you know it. The only good junkie is a dead one. Now, quit pretending she wasn't something she wasn't. Get yourself together and forget about her. Get out of my house. Don't ever call me, text me, come here ever again. Get out now before I put you out. You know I'm right and you can't handle it. I said, get out. I'm not proud of this, but when she didn't immediately move, I grabbed her and physically shoved her every few feet with her stumbling and trying to still talk to me. We hit the front door and I shoved her out as hard as I could. She landed on her butt. Our husbands were standing outside. My husband grabbed me to restrain me. Hers helped her up. I looked at her husband and told him to get her away from me and never come back here again. I never wanted to see or hear from her again. It would be a cold day in hell before I would forgive her. They got into their car with her screaming at me that I knew she was right. She was calling the police to have me arrested for assault and she was suing me for any medical treatment she might need for her injuries. Yes, she did call the police. They heard my side of how she came into my bedroom and yanked my blanket off after telling my husband that she just wanted to check on me and if I was still asleep, she would leave me alone. He was still naive and believed her to be a good friend that was concerned about me. But they said I had a better case for assault against her since she was in my house and provoked me. Her husband apologized to mine and I've told my husband they can still hang out but I won't ever have a thing to do with her ever again. The husbands get together, fish, shoot pool, do guy things, but she's not involved and I am not either. However, she did try to make an appearance and pretend like nothing ever happened a little over a year later. We were outside, they pulled up. She got out of the car, asked if I was over my hissy fit, over the dead junkie yet. I shook my head, told her leave, and she started up. I don't even have a clue what she said because I went inside, closed the front door, called the non-emergency police line and asked for an officer to come remove a person from my property and to please issue a trespass notice. They did and I haven't heard from her since. I'm genuinely not sure if it gets much worse or much more entitled than telling one of your friends that they're not allowed to mourn someone. Like that is just unfathomable. I'm just so sorry that you have to deal with someone like this. It is nice of you to let your husband and her husband still hang out because clearly they're actual real friends. But her, wow, yeah, never let her step foot on your property again. Good stuff. Entitled neighbor helps herself to my garden. Well, I should have known that no good deed goes unpunished. We have a small vegetable and herb garden in the corner of our yard. Two neighbors have the ability and my permission to reach over the fence and snip off any herbs they need. We always grow much more than we can use. One neighbor has been doing it for years with no problems. He takes a sprig or two a few times a week and always asks if he needs more than usual. He repays me in beautiful roses, but I'd have no problem with not getting them in return. The other neighbor never cooked, so he never took any. Now he has a new girlfriend and she happened to introduce herself while I was planting the herbs. So I offered her some once it has a chance to grow a bit. So of course, two weeks after I planted, she snips off all but a few leaves off of every freaking herb. Two weeks, I was livid. 
My boyfriend went over and explained that it was too soon. The plants were tiny, not ready, etc. He's much nicer than I am. The neighbor apologized profusely and said his girlfriend wouldn't be going anywhere near the herbs until I specifically allow it. A week later though, I catch this dumbass out there with a pair of scissors. But it's only been a week and there's nothing to freaking snip out there yet. Apparently, she can't make meatballs without parsley and the grocery store within walking distance is too far to go. One of my plants has three leaves on it. Seriously, the other neighbor doesn't dare take anything before mid-July. Certainly, he'd never touch anything before I did. We looked at each other for a few seconds and then I just said, please get your herbs at the store from now on. I can't believe I managed to think of that. Usually, I think of a great comeback 10 minutes after the fact. She turned bright red and went back into her house. Hopefully, she embarrassed herself enough to stay away. I don't want to have problems with this neighbor. He's nice and quiet and doesn't bother anyone. Tomorrow, it will be a week since I caught her again. We'll see what happens. Oh, and we've also got an update as well. Just got home and had a chat with a nice neighbor who told me that the oversnipper and her boyfriend had some kind of disagreement a few days ago and he looked like he was sick of her trash. He hasn't seen her car since. Yes, he's old and nosy. He also plans to buy some parsley and basil seedlings to put on his side of the fence out of her reach. I gave him some pots and cinder blocks to put them on. You can't really see them from the other neighbor's yard unless you crane your neck. So that should work. With any luck, I will not be posting about her climbing into his yard through mine in the near future. Oh, there is nothing I hate more than when someone else like this is really selfless and says, look, you can come over and have some freshly grown, organic, free food. And then that person just takes the mick and goes way too far with it. Like surely just be grateful for the fact that you're getting organic free vegetables and you know, herbs that you can use in your own food for free and don't go overboard and just destroy the crops. Like, come on, there's a line, be respectful. You're the one that's getting the free stuff. Even Tinkerbell has had enough. This is an old story, but it just popped into my head while I was hunting through videos on YouTube, so I figured I'd post it. Years ago, shortly after I'd left the service, my girlfriend, now wife, and I moved in together, halfway across the US from both of our respective families, long stories for another time, and to a place where we both had friends as a result of our military travels. One of my wife's friends, we'll call her Anna, had gotten married in the intervening years since they'd last been together and was in the process of a divorce since her husband had knocked up the checkout girl at the local orchard. She had left the home, a single wide trailer, important for later, they owned, left the car they owned, which she'd solely paid for and was still in her name, moved back in with her parents and got a second job. She already worked at a large big box retail establishment. Of course, my wife and I commiserated with her on multiple occasions about how poorly she'd been treated. Anna made a remark at one point about missing her bills that month. My wife asked, what bills? You live with your parents. You've got two jobs, no credit cards, and you never do anything expensive. What could you possibly owe anyone money for? It turns out that she still had a checking account linked to her ex-husband's accounts. And when he decided not to pay the mortgage or the car payments, they simply took it out of her accounts, marked the loan current and went on with their lives. Shortly after the divorce, he made most payments, but for the last year or so, he hasn't made a single one. So the ex-hubby has perfect credit because he never misses a payment and Anna's credit is in the toilet because she is constantly late on her own bills. So yes, Anna may have two jobs and not a lot of bills, cell phone, car payment, insurance, 
but she's making someone else's mortgage and car payments as well so she's pretty much broke and that's why she never can do anything expensive and has to have me change her oil in my gravel driveway because she can't afford $20 for Jiffy Lube. I asked her why she didn't close the accounts and go somewhere else. Anna's answer was, but if they miss their payments, the bank will take their house and their car and they have a baby. I can't do that to them. Wow, I'm just gonna say, Anna is such a kind person. I can't believe her husband did that to her. Anyway, OP did the Forrest Whitaker eye, then said, they're taking advantage of you pretty badly. They've established that you'll pay all their bills for them and they can do whatever the heck they want because you'll never force the sale of the house or car. If I had an option to pay my bills or pass it off to someone I don't like, I'd let them do it every time. He's paying an electric bill and getting a free house, car and everything else. And I guarantee you that he's handing these bills to the social worker and claiming he can't afford to live. So they'll give him WIC, food stamps and everything else. Look, you're funding the lifestyle of a butthole who cheated on you and a woman who knew he was married because every time she came over, she made him take your wedding pictures down so she didn't have to look at you while she naughtied your husband. You're paying bills for a guy who was so dumb that he thought he couldn't get a woman pregnant he wasn't married to and a woman who thought if she had an orgasm before she came over to sleep with your husband while you're at work, her egg would be gone and she couldn't get pregnant. The dumb idiot was using a sex toy as birth control. Wait, I'm sorry. That has sent me for six. That is so dumb. You see, I may not give a rip about most of my own family, but you do not mess around with my friends. So she gives it some thought and a couple of days later asks for some help. I took her to my bank to get an account the next day. She moves her direct deposit, withdraws her money and closes her old account. The next month, her ex-husband's bills don't get paid. We're watching a movie when he calls. She spends an hour in a screaming match with him, telling him to pay his own bills. She's been charitable enough and he and his new wife can pay for their own stuff. Then the penny drops. Remember earlier when I said the house was a trailer? Well, Anna has been paying the mortgage on the trailer, but not the rent for the lot it's on. They never had her checking accounts. This entitled guy has been assuming she's been paying that too. She assumed he had. He hasn't even figured out what's coming yet. He's calling because he's annoyed she hasn't paid the lot rent in forever and he's being told to pay up, move his trailer, or they'll do it and hold the trailer in arrears until the bill for moving it is paid. He's calling to ask her for another $6,000 or they'll lose the home we both love so much. Now, up until this moment, Anna had been this sweet, wonderful gumdrop of a person. The type of person that it should be legal to slap if they're encountered before 9am. The relentlessly sunny person that you sent into the room to cheer up Tinkerbell. In the better part of a year, I haven't heard this woman say a bad thing about anybody. Until tonight. Until this guy called to complain that she hadn't been paying enough of his bills. And she loses her mind. She lights into this guy that he'd better figure it out because he's not getting another penny from her ever again. And while he's figuring out who to beg, borrow, or steal that money from, he may want to get a little extra since he's about to get the overdue notices for the house and the car too. He starts screaming so loud, I can clearly hear what he's calling her from across the room before she calmly hits the end button, flips the phone over, pops the battery out, sets them both down on my table, hits play on the VCR, 
morphs back into her normally sunny self and offers to make popcorn. Oh my god, this person is amazing. Monday morning, she went to the lawyer, filed a no-contact order, filed for bankruptcy. Her credit was already a mess. There were bills her name was on and she didn't want that to splatter all over her and called the dealer that owned her car notes, told her she couldn't make the payments anymore and offered them a voluntary repossession. She had them bring out their tow truck and she meets the driver with the keys and the paperwork. She signs the forms and asks the driver oh so sweetly to drop her off at her parents' house on the way back to the dealer. And she waves at her ex from the passenger seat of the tow truck as he comes running out of the trailer wearing only a towel. I imagine wondering just what is going on with his car. Over the course of the next month or two, the dude lost his job because he couldn't get to work anymore. His wife had to go back to weighing pears at the orchard. It turns out she'd left her job when Anna was paying for everything and sell his record collection, which was what he'd been spending his money on while someone else was paying for everything. On the bright side, I picked up original vinyl copies of Abbey Road and Yellow Submarine for a total of $5. Wow, because his idiot wife running their yard sale didn't understand why the old trashy records were worth anything anyway. That's insane in itself. And that is how Tinkerbell burns some entitled butthole's life to the ground. Oh, can I just say, first of all, that Anna, you are an amazing person. I know so few people in my life that are like you. And what's amazing about these people is that once in a blue moon, when they do genuinely get a bit angry because they're so nice 99% of the time, it's just amazing to watch. They're often in the right. I mean, as in this situation, yeah, absolutely in the right. And that just calm decimation of your ex-husband it's just brilliant. Look, I can sit here and say that it should have been done earlier. And, you know, I agree with myself. I really do. But at least you got it done and just ruined his life. Can you imagine just like using someone else's cash for your entire life? I know OP said they'd do the same. I don't think that would sit well with me. I think I'd feel horrifically guilty. But wow, that is what these entitled buttholes get. Two entitled influencers told me to edit my content and got a nice lesson in life. I am a 27-year-old woman. A year ago, I decided to become a content creator. And even though it was hard, my platform is now taking off. For context, I was interested at first, but I didn't know how to start. And my cousin, who is a 28-year-old woman, was the one who gave me the push to become one. So, I decided that my content would be about body positivity, exploring my country, Puerto Rico, food, travel, natural beauty, and curls. It's been tough, but in a year, I've managed to gain 2.4K followers. It's still growing, and while many people see that as a small following, I am happy with that. And I've got compliments from people telling me that they love my content since I don't edit or Photoshop anything from my body. I don't edit anything. I let the world know that even though I have stretch marks, cellulite, saggy breasts, dark spots, and acne scars, I do not edit that since I don't want to follow the norm on Instagram about creating an illusion about myself. I will admit the only times I do edit photos or videos is in nature because I want those to stand out. So, two weeks ago, I was invited to an influencers event, and I was more than happy to attend since I'd be staying in a hotel room near a beach that I was dying to take shots in, and I gladly accepted. I take my photos with a tripod since I like to be alone while I explore. So, the event of the day comes, and I was happy about my room since I had a balcony with a view. I met all the big-time influencers. I got to say, some of them were nice, but others were stuck up. They think they're better than anyone else since they have about 800k or 900k followers. The nice ones gave me advice about not changing the weight of my content and even started following me. But the stuck up ones just snorted. 
I ignored them since some of them even expressed that when they started they only had 1k followers in a year I got lucky or blessed. I don't know. So while we all got dinner two of these stuck-up influencers 40 something year old men saw my content and expressed that I should edit out all my flaws Since many people would be disgusted with my body and another one a 24 year old woman Expressed that many men want to see a perfect instagram girl You know girls with long hair very feminine makeup and the one thing I hate the most photoshopped or facetuned and they don't want to see one with flaws and that my content won't get me anywhere They both said this while they had a smug smile looking at me There was a silence at the table and my cousin the one that motivated me to become an influencer glared at them I wanted to cry or lash out at them, but I decided to be honestly cruel I smacked at them and told them while you are entitled to your opinion I love that my content is real and shows I have a real body and don't follow the ridiculous beauty standards And I could show you the amount of dms of people loving that I keep it real and love that I make nature stand out But I don't care about giving a fake illusion about myself They glared at me and I told them that I'd be taking my leave since I do not like keto dinner And I found a place nearby to eat quesadillas and I wanted to see some new murals as well for photos because that wall looked amazing I left but my cousin her fiance and some influencers followed me and let me tell you We all had fun without those toxic others the next day I put on my best bikini took my tripod and took the best shots on the beach I put them on instagram and let me tell you I received praise and also likes from those influencers that loved my idea of my content That was the last day of the event and these two entitled and spoiled influencers glared at me because they saw my post and saw that I hadn't followed their advice to say that I left with a smirk and then both giving me the dirtiest glare was a chef's kiss OP good for you. There is nothing I hate more I agree with you than people online just being fake It annoys me more than you could believe trust me and just like you the very worst of the worst in my opinion in terms of being fake online and portraying something that you're not is people on instagram that literally photoshop their faces and their bodies it's so bad and it's so negative and potentially harmful as well so in terms of what you're doing and what you're saying fair play to you for sticking with your principles that seems to be the entire point of your account in the first place so to change that just because some idiots are telling you to would have been very silly so fair play sticking up for yourself doing what you love and by the way what is a lot more healthy than what they're doing most likely my parents enabled my little brother's mini bike mayhem with my mini bike when i was 17 i bought a used mini bike and used it to get to and from a part-time job those who've read my previous posts know what my little brother is like the boy my parents extra coddled because he was diagnosed as a high functioning autistic and anything i had my brother had to have too And if I refused to give it my parents generally took it at least until that behavior was exposed to the public when my parents tried to cancel my 14th birthday Guys, if you haven't seen that story link is down below in the description and behind the i button right now It is just so good. One of my most favorite recent posts. Anyway after that my parents stopped forcing me to give my stuff to my brother whenever he wanted it and that led to some huge extra tantrums for him my brother would look for things around the house to throw on the floor and break usually dishes my parents actually stocked up on plates from secondhand stalls because of that when i got the mini bike my brother was upset i wouldn't ever let him ride it but he's destructive with all his stuff every time he broke his bmx i'm the one who had to fix it change a flat new pedals new tire new handlebars new brake line etc he's got a stunt bmx that he begged for and my parents spent hundreds on it 
but as much as he loves it He never fixes it himself or properly takes care of it He just calls me over begging me to fix it My parents got him the parts and have the tools But he never bothers to do anything more than pump a tire and even then he usually tries to get someone to do it for him He's also very careless in where he leaves the bike He left it in a neighbor's driveway and its handlebars got run over by the neighbor's van He somehow destroyed the pedals and a new pair had to be put on He broke the rear brake line while having a tantrum too The tire was understandable since those were outs But it wasn't hard to swap it and I shouldn't have had to come over on a saturday to do it When my brother is perfectly capable of doing it himself So dang right i'm not letting him take my mini bike on a joyride especially with gas prices being so high these days the mini bike gets like 60 miles to the gallon so what that it only goes 40 miles an hour i only have a five mile commute anyway about a month before my brother's 14th birthday my parents called me begging me to come over and fix the bmx again little bro had worn the rear tire down to its threads I was annoyed, but I came over anyway because they offered to pay me. I swapped the tire and sat down for a bottled water because it was like 100 degrees that day. My brother watched me work on the bike till I was done. His helmet was on, so I figured he was just waiting to go riding on his bike. But the moment my back was turned, I heard my mini bike start up outside and then take off. My little bro took off like a rocket down the streets on it before I could get out of the garage. I freaked out, but my parents tried to play it off. Though when I didn't placate them, they said they'd get my mini bike back right away. But for them, that was more like just waiting till my brother came back with it. I was annoyed and I wanted to call the police, but I'm not sure if they'd call it a domestic issue or not. My brother finally came back an hour later. He'd somehow not crashed. But the moment he saw me, he took off again. He drove the bike till it ran out of gas and my parents had to go and get him. To say I was furious was an understatement. But my parents basically rolled their eyes, handed me $40, and claimed it wouldn't happen again. I said it better not, or I'd call the cops next time. I'm not sure if it would help, but they seemed to take my warning. I had to push my mini bike to the nearest gas station to fill up before I could go home. Before I left, I told my parents that if my brother wants a mini bike so bad, then they should get him one. But then they pulled a 180 and said he wasn't ready to have one because it's a big responsibility and that it was too dangerous because it's practically a motorcycle. I mean, really, they just let him steal mine for like two hours to go joyriding to God knows where and they don't want to get him one themselves? Whatever. I'm used to the hypocrisy by now. The last time I went to my parents' house, my brother was massively grounded and in his room for his birthday rampage I mentioned in my first post. But just to be sure, I pulled the spark plug wire off my bike before I entered the house. My brother was glaring at me from his window when I left. I just gave him a goofy wave and drove off. Guys, if this is the first video or podcast of mine that you've ever watched or listened to, then you may not have heard of this person before. And they're, quite frankly, disgusting younger brother. But this is probably the third or fourth story I've read from this user. And they're all just fantastic. So, uh, yeah, as I said, I will leave some more in the description down below and behind the i button right now if you are on YouTube. But wow, once again, never failing to entertain is your little brother. I mean, seriously, the audacity of your parents is, is what is crazy. And I do say this every single time. It's not actually your brother's fault. Yes. He's a, he's a horrible little troll. But it's your parents who have raised him and allowed him to be so entitled. So that is where I would point the blame. An entitled father tried to get me kicked out of the store for having big breasts. So the only reason why the entitled parent in this story didn't go to prison was because I was 18 at the time. 
but the fact that this happened the way it did still angers me When I turned 18, I started working at a call center and often walked around the city a lot in order to avoid my toxic mother. Yes, I know what you're thinking, but I was safe and always had a form of self-defense. I was young, but not stupid. Anyways, that year I experienced another growth spurt and went from a C cup to a double D cup. And I was getting a lot of weird looks when in public. As much as I hate to say it, I was pretty young and naive, so I never thought it was because of the way my body changed but I prefer to keep my distance from people. One day, I decided that I was going to go to Walmart so that I could pick out some yarn for a crochet project I wanted to work on while at work. We were allowed to crochet as long as we didn't avoid the calls that were automatically answered on our systems. While I was checking out the yarn, I noticed a kid who looked like he was 13 or 14 standing at the end of the aisle watching me. Thanks to my history of getting bullied and beaten up, I immediately grew cautious and started debating if I wanted to get my yarn here or go to the hobby lobby across the parking lots. Before I could make a decision, an adult man came up and started leading the sun off. So I started to relax and think that I was overreacting. That is, until the entitled dad of this story came back. Excuse me, but where did you get your implants? They look so real. Uh, excuse me? I was really embarrassed and shocked, and I was already getting creeper vibes from this guy. Your implants? He waves his hands in front of my breasts and gets uncomfortably close to me. Where did you get them? I was at a loss for words, and I didn't know if he was serious or just being a creep. At this moment, the kid came up and poked at my right breast, and I instinctively smacked his hand away, not caring that he was a kid. Excuse me, but you really shouldn't do that, especially to a woman. It's not polite, and it's considered S.A. and S.H. The entitled dad immediately got mad at me and started screaming at me to not touch his son. He said that it was my fault and that if I didn't want attention like this, then I should keep my fun bags put away. I was in tears and looking around for an escape, especially since the more the entitled dad yelled at me, the closer he got to me. He started telling me that there was no way my breasts were real and that he needed to feel them to know for sure. He even told me that I needed to let his entitled son touch them so that he could learn the difference between implants and real breasts. Wow. Remembering the fact that I had my pepper spray in my bag for any occasion where I needed to defend myself, I usually had a knife too, but that seemed a bit extreme in the heat of the moment, I pulled the can of pepper spray and told them both to step back and get away from me. At this point, an employee turned the corner, having heard us yelling, and saw me holding the pepper spray. He freaked out and called for a manager before coming up and yelling at me, demanding to know what I was doing. Thanks to me being in tears, the entitled dad was able to butt in and started lying to the employee that I was seducing his son and pulled my pepper spray out when his dad had tried to come to his son's rescue. The entitled son immediately started agreeing with his dad and the employee was already saying that he was going to call the police while the dad demanded that me and my big breasts get kicked out of the store. Thankfully, at that second, one of my co-workers, a big burly guy who often gave me a ride at night after hearing that I took the taxi home at night because my mother refused to teach me to drive, rounded the corner, leading a manager right to the mess. The manager demanded that everyone shut up and calm down, and when we had, he turned to me and asked my side of the story. I told them how the entitled dad insisted that I needed to let them feel my breasts to see if they were real, and how I'd already explained that I wasn't comfortable and didn't want their attention. The dad then backtracked on his story, trying to defend himself and his kid, 
saying it was all for educational purposes lying that i'd agreed beforehand this is when my co-worker got mad and pointed at the camera at the end of the aisle reminding them that it would have caught everything the entitled dad and his kid both went silent for a moment before making a break for the exits the manager took off after them yelling at them to stop and my co-worker berated the employee for threatening me the way he did of course the entitled dad and entitled kid got away and i never went back to that store by myself per my friend's request please teach your sons to respect women and don't harass them plenty of us are insecure of our bodies and don't want the attention our bodies attract and we appreciate it if you don't make things worse for us also never assume that a woman's body is fake or that you're entitled to touch it oh honestly stories like this are just sad aren't they because you just know that this dude is setting the worst possible example for his son like i'm sorry but is that not sa it is right he tried to touch your breast if that's not so i don't know what is I mean, it's getting there, isn't it? You know that this kid's going to grow up, right? And he's going to just do the same things that he's seen his dad do in places and events like this. And he's going to think it's okay because his dad does it. Again, not the kid's fault for being entitled, but the dad's by a mile. What a creep. What a disgrace of a man. I don't really understand what you said at the start of the story, saying that he would have been arrested if you were under 18. I guess that's what you were saying. But he should have been arrested anyway. It doesn't really matter what your age is. Like, I'm sorry, but he's demanding to touch your breasts to know if they're real or not. If that is not the biggest creep you've ever come across, wow, what a disgrace. Stepmom steals my dad away from me. This is going to be a pretty emotional story to write, but I need to let it out. I am a 17-year-old male, and this story takes place a few years ago. My dad got a new girlfriend in September of 2019. We thought this was great, and everyone was happy because he was pretty lonely. When we met her, she was great. She was funny, liked messing around, and was just a nice person. On Thanksgiving of that year is when the first odd thing happened. She talked about how she just left her last husband because she didn't like him anymore. She fully left the States and didn't even divorce until she was forced to. On Christmas, we were all playing around with our presents as kids do, and she all of a sudden starts yelling at her kids for playing with our stuff, which was permitted to use, and started pulling them by the ear. This caught everyone off guard, and my mom told my dad that he might want to be careful with her. Then February came around and it was a normal weekend. Me being the annoying big brother I am, decides to steal a skittle from my sister. I know this was a pretty rude thing to do, but I was joking around and I gave it right back. But my dad's new girlfriend starts yelling at me for how rude it was and how I should be nicer to her. This threw me way off guard. She started yelling because I took a skittle. She then sent me to the corner to stand on one leg and count to a hundred. This is extremely odd because no one else in our entire family gives physical punishments. Meanwhile, my dad is just standing there and my sister is trying to explain that it was fine. Later that night, I threw up and for a very, very long time. I thought I was just sick. It turns out that it was a reaction to a trauma I had when I was a baby where my bio parents starved me and my brothers and got us in trouble for eating. That's a story for another time. When I was being told about this, I also learned that since I was adopted, another story, my parents agreed that I would never receive punishment for food ever. This is why I threw up. My brain remembered the trauma and reacted to it. 
What made me mad is that my dad just stood there when he knew about this after that event We weren't told this at the time, but we didn't see them for a very long time The story above was part of why in august of 2021 We started to receive counseling and in september we started seeing our dad again He promised he had changed and that his now wife our stepmom was to not give punishment to me or my sister in any way We started rebuilding our relationship and for a month it was good Then two days before halloween my brother gets sent to a psychological hospital for allegedly destroying the house and bad behavior This was hard on us, but he'd been aggressive in the past and so it wasn't the hardest to believe He got out on december 10th and was once again admitted on january 3rd This was because he'd gotten very aggressive and angry when he found out he didn't get a ps5 for christmas Not a single person believed this though during this period his dog was taken and put down and he had been locked in his room for two weeks only allowed to leave for the bathroom they then had student parent meetings in this meeting my entitled stepmom verbally admitted that they had locked him in his room this immediately started a cps investigation during this time he was once again admitted to the hospital this time it was because and i quote punching my kids threatening to kill everyone in the family hit me and attacking our neighbor's dog by this point, everyone knew my stepmom was crazy and we tried talking to my dad about it. His parents, his brother, his sister, us kids, my mum. I mean, everyone told him that he was being manipulated and she was crazy. He didn't believe any of it. While my brother was in the hospital, he told the doctors about everything that he'd really been through. When he was released, he said that he'd rather be in the hospital than go home with our stepmom and my dad. This is when he apparently started hitting the car and yelling at our stepmom. She would grab her boys by the ear and make them throw away their stuff if they got in trouble. My sister and mum were told every weekend that she needed better clothes and that my mum was mentally abusing us. Weirdly, I was treated amazingly and nice and I was never talked about badly. We were also gaslit all the time. When they went to court for the investigation, she claimed that I threw a plate at my sister and then every other accusation I've said above. In April, my dad ripped up and burned my brother's adoption paper. My mum had a copy, thankfully, and told him he wasn't allowed in the house anymore. He stayed at our house for a little and then we had a court hearing that gave him the right to live with my aunt. He got counseling and we started seeing each other again My dad was told by the state and the trauma therapist that he was not allowed any of our information or to see us ever Unless he agreed to get counseling have our stepmom out of his life and if we also agree She got rid of my older sister then worked on getting rid of my brother starting with his dog She then moved on to my other sister and then she got caught and they now live in minnesota My dad still believes that she's a good person and that we were in the wrong I know I should dislike both my dad and my stepmom, but I can't get myself to hate my dad He meant way too much to our lives. You know what op? I think your last sentence there is very very telling indeed It sounds to me like you know that your dad is a good person and perhaps your new stepmom has kind of just brainwashed him Into doing things that he wouldn't normally do. It's hard for me to tell because obviously i'm not involved in the situation Guys, what do you think? I think this woman just needs to get out of all of your lives and hopefully you can all heal your relationships together With this toxic cow gone an entitled karen tried to play the race card and force me to break federal law 
So when I was 18, I was working at a call center that handled debit, credit card fraud and identity theft related issues for a bank. I have lots of fun stories, but I'll never forget the time that some woman called me racist and accused me of discrimination just because I wouldn't break federal law for her. A bit of background. According to federal law, even if you open an account online, you have to provide documentation that proves your identity in order to prevent scammers and criminals from making fake accounts and messing everything up for the bank and the customers. This is a very basic summary of the law and I don't remember all the details, so this is the best explanation I have to summarize it for context. It also provides a way for the bank to identify someone posing as you should someone ever try to impersonate you. But that wasn't the main point. As much as I hated it, when we had people call in because their accounts were on hold due to not providing proof of identity, they always landed in my department because everyone just assumed it was an ITA issue, even though it wasn't. One night, I got a call from a lady who was very irate and already yelling when I got the call. One of the agents from a sister site had decided to cold transfer the abusive customer to my department because why not? And they never told her they were transferring her in the first place. Great start to an already trashy call, but it was about to get so much worse. As soon as the lady heard me talking, she was already spitting accusations of discrimination and racism, saying that we were just putting her account on hold because she was a black woman who works hard for my money and your white supremacist organization don't like it. I might be white, but I've never been racist even though my family is. I am happily engaged to a Hispanic man and always remember to treat people out of respect because I really don't care about race drama. I'm also an introvert with severe social anxiety, so I don't really like being around people in general, especially after being bullied all my life. She immediately started saying that if I didn't unfreeze her accounts so that she could pay her bills, she was going to sue me, the agent from the other site, the company, everyone pretty much. She even called me every name under the sun and started telling me that she thought white people should be slaves to blacks because of our past. I'm not even going to comment on this one since my family is mostly Irish. And again, I don't care about race drama. I did everything I could to calm her down and I asked to put her on hold for a minute so I could review the accounts. She told me I'd better hurry up and I put her on hold so I could see what was going on. This woman had recently opened the accounts and never verified her identity with the bank using her documentation. Again, it's federal law. And even if I did have the ability to unfreeze the accounts, I could have been fined hundreds of thousands of dollars and face potential jail time. Now say what you will about white people, but facing jail and fines that I could never afford was nowhere near worth proving I wasn't racist and had nothing to do with the issue in the first place. So when I got back on the phone, I started explaining the issue to the woman. And I even tried to help by asking if she'd sent in her documentation as requested by the bank. She actually calmed down a little and answered the follow-up questions I had in order to help her understand the situation a bit better. And I was able to locate the documentation she'd sent in. Here's the kicker. She had sent it just minutes before calling in and it was already outside of business hours on a Friday. I explained that I could see her documentation had arrived, but I had to explain that because she had sent her outside of regular business hours. It wouldn't reach the back office until the following business day and would then take another three to five business days to review. She again launched into this racist rant that I was just doing this because I saw she was black and must hate black people. Then she demanded to speak to a supervisor. At this point, my patience was worn out and I was desperate to get out of the situation. I called my manager over and was about to explain everything when the manager took my mouse from my hand 
and hung up on the customer. He informed me that he'd passed by and heard some racist slurs coming from my headset and jumped on to listen to the call to see what was going on, since I was usually pretty good about diffusing situations like this on my own. He told me that he was impressed that I hadn't hung up on her after the first set of slurs, but he told me that he refused to let me get yelled at like that again, especially when I was still trying to be nice to a racist Karen like that. As much as I hate to say it, the call didn't end there. Karen got a hold of an agent from the sister location and actually got them to unfreeze the accounts. On top of that, she got the agent to file a report against me and the agent even stated that I was the one who unfroze the accounts. Bottom line, corporate was out for blood. And because of that agent, they were then out for mine. My manager managed to convince them that I was innocent by playing the call back for the hire managers in the office. And I didn't find out until a few days later when corporate wanted to verify some information with me. I was left alone, but I decided that it would be better to start looking around for a new job, especially with the fact that I almost got hate crime charges pressed on me on top of charges for breaking federal law. If any of you guys watching have ever worked in a call center, let me know if I'm right or wrong here. But from my experience of reading posts like this, it seems that clients that call always think they can get away with being ruder than they would be in real life just because it's kind of anonymous, like you're on the phone, not face to face. I mean, thankfully, it's all recorded, but I don't see why people just go to these lengths and are so unbelievably toxic when there's no need. Homophobic entitled mum tries stealing my water bottle. I've posted on here before, but lo and behold, I encountered another one. It's not surprising to me that this has happened. I live in a red state and the part of my town that I live in is overwhelmingly upper middle-class conservatives. The kind of people who had Trump 2020 signs in their yard in March of 2021. You get the type. Now I'm a fairly active person. I'm at the gym regularly and I've never encountered anything like this. I'm also openly queer and the water bottle that I bring to the gym shows that. It has several stickers on it. Most of them bought off of Etsy or things that people have given me over the years. Most importantly for this story, I have a sticker that says trans rights on it that I bought when I came out a year and a half ago. Now my gym routine is simple, but part of it involves entering into these hallways that my gym has where people work on mats and do bodyweight exercises. I do my routine and I'm about to leave when I hear that all too familiar ahem from behind me. Now the hallway I'm in connects to the stairs, so I assume this woman came up them without me seeing. She is your stereotypical Karen with obviously dyed blonde hair and a kid in tow. This is unusual though. Like most gyms, the gym I attend doesn't let kids use the equipment until a certain age. For ours, it's 11 to use them and 14 to use them unsupervised. But this kid can't be more than eight. However, there's a classroom on this floor that teaches kids as well as adults. So I figure he's here for a class. She's wearing a shirt that says, no way vacay, which has nothing to do with the story, but I thought it was funny. I'm mostly confused as to why she's talking to me, to be honest. I turn to look at her and the following conversation ensues. Can I help you? This is a family place and I think you should keep that at home. What? She rolls her eyes. Don't play dumb. That. She points at my water bottle. It's unacceptable. What? It's worth noting at this point that although I am publicly out and use they them pronouns everywhere I go, I still present really feminine. In most cases, unless I introduce myself with my pronouns, people just assume I'm a really enthusiastic ally. There are many reasons for this, but most of them stem from my own insecurities about my physical appearance, so I won't get into them here. You're not even old enough to know if you're gay or not. 
talk to me when you're an adult and with that she leaves I thought that was the end of it and I would leave with a funny story to tell my parents when I got home But I was so very wrong Also worth noting before I get into the juicy part is that my 18th birthday is in less than two weeks I'm almost legally an adult. So I definitely class myself as old enough to know I'm pretty young, but i'm not like a preteen still figuring my sexuality and gender out I'm sure about it Anyways, after she leaves, I leave my stuff behind to go grab a wipe to clean my mat so I can put it back. Given the title of the post, I'm sure you see where this is going. I get back to my mat and my water bottle is gone. I panic, obviously. Homophobia or transphobia I can deal with. It says more about them than it says about me. But I've got pretty severe anxiety and having any of my stuff touched, moved, taken, or basically changed in any way is a huge no-no for me. I put up my mat, grab the rest of my stuff, and head to find a staff member. I walk back into the weight room and I spot her immediately and she's holding my water bottle. She's standing next to her husband who is yelling something at the worker that sounds along the lines of, My son should be able to use the machines. Age restrictions for safety reasons be danged. Don't you know who I am? Yada yada. I walk over and tap Karen on the shoulder. She spins around and looks very smug to see me. Give me my water bottle back. It's my property. You shouldn't have these things around my children. We're a Christian family and God said- My mum is a priest mom. I know a fair bit about what God says and I don't think he would approve of stealing. And what does she say about these things you've plastered on your belongings? She bought me some of them. I need you to give me my water bottle back. By now, the staff member that Ken was yelling at has noticed me. What's the problem here, ladies? She stole my water bottle and I want it back. It's mine. Now, most of the gym staff have a vague idea of who I am. They don't know me by name or anything, but me, my dad, and his parents are all regulars at this gym. They do, however, still treat me as female. Eh, what you gonna do? I'm leaving for college in two months, so meh. Mom, you'll need to give her back her things, the staff member said. Karen looks fuming, but she doesn't actually object. She shoves the water bottle at me and walks off, leaving her husband and son to trail after her. I'm pretty visibly shaken. I hate confrontation and I hate people taking my stuff even more. The worker gives me a brief, are you okay? And I say that I'm fine, just shaken. He nods and walks off to do his job. I leave the gym pretty much too shaken to finish my workout and tell my parents about it when I get home. Okay, now I just need to give some context to it. I've got nothing against religion, but it does always amuse me when people use their religious beliefs to enable them to do stuff like this, which is just illegal. For example, stealing. Like nowhere in the Bible has anyone ever said that stealing is allowed, have they? I mean, I've not read it all cover to cover. If you have, let me know. But I'm pretty sure that no one's ever said that. But no, because this water bottle has a positive trans message on it, now you're allowed to steal it. Make it make sense. Sad lady gets mad at fast food employees for one of them laughing. This just barely happened. And honestly, I cannot believe it. For those of you who don't know, I work at a fast food establishment that specializes in steak burgers and frozen custard. I'm working the drive-thru window along with my coworker, Isabel fake name and on headsets now for context my place of work believes that the employee should have some fun so we tease each other and joke around anyway isabel was in the back joking around with another co-worker when a car comes through wanting to order some custard when isabel answers the headset she's still laughing a bit the people order and come around to the window 
Before I can even begin to give them their total and accept their payments, this girl from the back of the car gets out and asks if I was the one on headsets. I told her no, and she proceeds to yell at me, telling me to ask my coworker, Isabel, what was so funny, why she was laughing while answering them at the speaker. I tell them she was probably laughing at something a coworker did or said, but she continues to yell at me. Here is everything word for word. Are you the one with the headsets? No, mom. That would be my coworker. Ask your coworker what is so funny that she's laughing while taking our order. Well, she was probably laughing at something a colleague did or said. It doesn't matter. I work in customer service, and that is bad customer service. Mom, our managers actually like us to laugh and seem like we're. Oh, shut the heck up! When she told me to shut the heck up, I wanted to get my manager and have him refuse her service, but I didn't know where he was. But how sad do you have to be to be mad about a fast food employee laughing? You know what? If there's one thing that I now know that all Karens, 100% of Karens just despise, it's people laughing. Their aim is to suck the joy out of every person in the world. And if you're laughing at work where you're supposed to be 100% professional and never even enjoy a second of it, just sit there and be quiet and do your job. Then uh, yeah, it doesn't get any worse than that. I can't I can't imagine having a good time at work. It just, it's just not allowed. I don't know about you guys, but when I go to a drive-thru or a restaurant and the waiter or staff member is happy, I'd rather them be happy than just be sad and miserable it seems pretty obvious right but hey that's karen's for you my mother turned my illness into a vehicle for her own social clouds i am a 25 year old woman and when i tell people this story they typically get extremely angry but honestly as someone who's kind of used to my mum's rubbish i think it's pretty funny about six months ago now i had a life-changing surgery after a year of debilitating symptoms and the threat of eventual not sudden death I had a whole body part removed. Recovery has been rough, but I'm getting better every day. It's worth mentioning though, I suppose, that the reason why my illness got so bad is because it went untreated for nine years. I developed it in childhood, but my parents couldn't be bothered to take me to a doctor. I learned to live with it, and then it became life-threatening. Look, I love my parents, but they're flawed people. They did express guilt over the situation, but they ultimately justified it to themselves, even though the signs were pretty obvious that something was wrong. My mum especially, I guess, wanted to preserve her pride and image as a loving mother. And before my surgery, while I was still just trying to survive day to day, she made a support group for me. According to her, it was pretty active, full of people giving their condolences and words of encouragement for our family. But I wouldn't really know because I was never allowed to join. From what I can gather, it was a space for my mum to give updates on my condition, talk about what the family was going through, all of that. But really, she made the group to support herself, what she was going through, how hard my illness was on her, etc. For context, I don't even live with her. I didn't even want her visiting me in the hospital, and I lied to her about how many visitors I was allowed to have to stop her. She tried to step over the visitor I did want there, and I had to have the hospital keep away anyone who wasn't my chosen visitor to stop her. I did send her a picture of me, looking god-awful, giving the thumbs up when I was right out of surgery while high on painkillers, and that was a mistake. That photo made it into that support group without my permission. So like, God knows what else was posted there. Again, I was never even allowed to see it, so. My mother has always been self-centered. This isn't the first time she's used me as a prop for her own social clouts. I'm very used to it and getting better at practicing my boundaries with her. 
But I made an oopsies this time, clearly. Now, good news, guys. This story is only the beginning because we've actually got two more stories coming up from the same user about their own entitled parents. And let me tell you, if you thought that first one was bad, this mum just using her daughter's illness as a way to gain social clout, well, the next two are even worse. Parents accuse me of ruining Christmas every year. Now I wonder why I hate Christmas. I posted a story on here a little while ago and people seem to enjoy it. That's the one I just read. My parents bless their hearts because I do truly love them are full of entitled parents moments. Here is another one. One of my parents many deep wounds is that because they grew up poor They never got the magical sort of hallmark kind of christmas. They grew up seeing on tv Fair but unfortunately for my brother and I who were raised upper middle class That meant that our christmases were more elaborate vicarious wish fulfillment role-playing scenes Than they were a holiday while I was growing up Christmas had to be this perfect event filmed and documented ad nauseum We spent just as much as the evening before and the morning of posing for false family photos as we did anything else There was more yelling and screaming that things go exactly as planned than those photos suggested But back then I thought that was normal The big sticking point every year was naturally the most vapid and consumerist part of the whole event The presents. For context, I've always had one true passion my whole life I've been drawing, sculpting, painting, and sewing since I was a very young kid. I work professionally full-time as an artist now. I still have my first sketchbook from when I was five years old, full of drawing of me trying to replicate the anime characters I watched on TV. And I never had enough supplies. I was always running out. As I got older, especially, I was desperate for more advanced and expensive tools, like resin casting and drawing tablets. My point being, there were clear and obvious choices for presents. I put almost nothing but art supplies and maybe a DS or a specific book on the Christmas list my mum asked for us to make for her every year. Only my mum had a very interesting gift-giving habit. Despite asking for Christmas lists, my mum would often get only one, maybe two things on them. She wanted the day to be a surprise, so she often just bought whatever she wanted. And when it came to buying gifts for me, her daughter, that often meant buying things she wanted. Things she would have liked when she was my age. Again, trying to vicariously get the childhood she wanted. Not only that, but my mum wanted to buy me things that she felt looked impressive to share online. Ah, there we go again. And art supplies weren't impressive to her. So she'd get me expensive jewellery and clothing, weird gadgets, extremely overpriced bathroom products for some reason, and then maybe a few cheap art tools or materials. Which, you know, is fine. I wasn't a greedy kid, and I appreciate the thought, of course. I didn't complain but a polite thank you so much and a smile wasn't enough of a reaction for my parents i guess i wasn't a very good actor and they could tell when i wasn't being genuine about liking something they would start interrogating me immediately don't lie why don't you like it what's wrong with it i thought you'd like it and then feeling backed into a corner i'd be honest with them that I don't really like what they got me, even though I do appreciate the thoughts. That always led into, do you know how much I paid for that? I would have killed to get something that nice for Christmas. You're so spoiled. We grew up dirt poor, and you don't know what it's like to not get a Christmas at all, etc. I would end up feeling so guilty and ungrateful by the end of it, often locking myself in the bathroom or going into my room to cry after, which, like it was tradition, would prompt my dad to say to me every year, You ruin Christmas. Christmas to this day has become an unbelievably stressful time of year for me. 
I can't look through photos of particularly bad years without crying still. In my mid-teens, I developed what was basically a nervous reaction, where I'd be holding back tears and fighting to keep myself calm from the dread and anxiety of just having to open presents. That made it worse, because whether I liked what they got me or not, they interpreted it as me being difficult and snobby, so I'd guaranteed get yelled at and berated for hours afterwards. Christmas became nightmare ordeals, prompting some of the worst fights I've ever had with my parents. Not really much to do with the gifts themselves, more so how I was never happy and how it was ruining it for the whole family. This was particularly embarrassing when it happened in front of extended family over the holiday. I got a reputation in the family for being a bratty teenage girl because my parents would trash talk me to them after the fight was over. It was degrading and humiliating. When I was 13, that was the first year I asked them just to not get presents at all for me. That I just wanted to enjoy the time of family, that that's what really mattered to me. I was thrown through a loop at the time when telling them this somehow made them anger at me. They always brought up money, how I wasn't appreciative of how much I have compared to when they were growing up. So I thought that this was the obvious solution. I thought the problem was that I had too much, obviously, and needed less. But they accused me of not wanting to participate in Christmas at all, even though I still wanted to celebrate the holiday with them. That made everything worse that year when Christmas did happen. Every single year, I begged them to just not buy me anything, that I was fine. That never worked, and it was like we were all cursed to relive the same dramatic fight over and over again, come December, without fail. They did the same thing to my brother, accused him of being ungrateful and spoiled, but he was always better at keeping his feelings on the inside. He didn't understand why I couldn't just stonewall it like he could. I felt so trashy about how every year, no matter how hard I tried, I'd crack and start crying. I'm now an adult, of course. I don't live with them anymore. I've asked them several times if they really even want me to come down and be there when they'll have a better time with just my brother. I tell them I can come down and see them every other day of the year, but as I ruin Christmas without fail, I shouldn't be there on the day itself for everyone's sake. They get offended by the idea, so I end up coming down. They are utterly befuddled as to why I despise Christmas as much as I do, when it's such a happy time of the year. I started telling them it's because I have a strong distaste for the consumerist aspect of it, which is true. But obviously, it also very much has to do with the association of shame, guilt, and humiliation. That seemed to have been the magic key, though. Because this year, finally, they agreed to not get me any presents. We compromised by them helping me get some new equipment for work, which was very generous of them, and I very much appreciate it. I love my fancy new work computer that can handle all my work applications much better than my old one. This last Christmas went pretty well because of that. They complained the whole time and acted like it was such a shame I didn't have anything to open on Christmas Day, but I felt much more at ease. I just kept reminding them how much I love my work computer. I feel like a weight has been lifted and that Christmases will be so much easier to manage now that presents aren't in the equation. Still though, they know I have nothing but negative feelings towards it and that I refuse to celebrate it with any of the partners I've had since the last thing I want to do is to bring that nightmare holiday into my relationship. Oh man, well that story is just really sad. If you can't enjoy Christmas, then what can you enjoy? I don't know about you guys, but for me, it is 100% my favorite time of the year. It's not even close, uh, genuinely. And I love Christmas Day, having the family around, you know, everyone's just in a good mood, chilling, opening presents, gifting, receiving. It's just good stuff. Don't take it like that. Yeah? You weirdo. I know what you're thinking, you dirty little boy. Or maybe that's just me. Who knows? All I can say is, 
It is such a shame that it took your parents OP. I've lost my train of thought here, but I'm going to carry on. Such a long time to uh, realize that, that they were the ones that were ruining Christmas for you. And I love that eventually they gave you a work computer that you love. But it took, I don't know, how long? 20 plus years for them to understand that that's all you ever wanted. Just a gift that you could actually use that you asked for. Not in like a snobby way or a entitled way, but you don't want to get stuff that you don't want and you don't want them to just berate you for not liking it afterwards when you don't like it. I'm trying to read through your comments and see if you're saying that you prefer Christmases now or that you still don't like them. It seems that you like them a little bit more, but you're not still that keen on them. I reckon just sack it all off. I know they want you to be there and demand you to be there, but if you don't enjoy it, then just do something on your own with your partner or whatever. Like, you don't have to go to your family's Christmas. Obviously, it's nice if you like your family, but if they're like these people, then um, do your own thing. Now then, moving on to OP's third and final account so far of her entitled parents. Father calls me abusive for getting medical treatments. I'm just going to continue being an attention seeker since my stories about my parents do so well on this sub. Just a reminder... I'm sharing these stories because they're entertaining, not because I'm looking for sympathy. I'm already in therapy before anyone comments that. This one is fresh off the press, as it just happened yesterday. My parents' favorite thing to accuse me of is being a manipulative liar, which is funny because I'm genuinely the world's worst liar. I'm too dumb to be good at it, and I instantly get nervous and start stuttering just because of the sheer stress. I've always been more comfortable being honest, even when it's gotten me in trouble. It gets me in trouble a lot with my parents because they really don't like to be told what they don't want to hear. Those of you who may have read the first post I made on this sub, the first story I read in this episode, you might remember that my parents are, let's say, wary of modern medicine. They don't like mental health professionals of any kind. They are selectively anti-vaxxers. Some they're okay with, some they're convinced will turn you inside out, depending on what articles reach them on Facebook and they don't believe in certain kinds of treatments or procedures for various ideological reasons that are all very silly. Just to paint a picture, my mother has given me healing crystals more than once over various ailments I've went through. They're lucky my brother and I never got gravely ill as children. I was having a perfectly normal conversation with my mother on the phone yesterday when I accidentally let slip I had a consultation booked a week from now with a doctor. I hadn't mentioned it to my parents at all because it's one of those medical procedures they do not approve of. I still hadn't come up with a good lie as to why I was going back into surgery in a few months or so, or how I could maybe explain it away. My mother, already ready to go off upon hearing this, asked me what for. I rolled a one on persuasion. I just couldn't come up with anything that would satisfy them on the spot. My mother is going off on me for lying. My father starts yelling in the background too. They start making threats to get me off of the family's insurance plan for wasting resources, which would suck because my meds are $350 a month. I just started a new job and my benefits won't kick in for another two months. I get off the phone with them. At lunch, I decide I'm just going to rip the bandage off then and there. I tell them over text the truth, that I knew they would react badly and that if they're going to really take me off the insurance plan to let me know as soon as possible so I can hop on Blue Cross. They call me a few hours later. My mum goes off, telling me that it's your choice, but you're hurting me by doing it and hurting me for lying about it. She's crying. I honestly wanted to just start laughing. My dad disagrees. He informs me that he feels that this is a family matter, that he wants me to come down to their house so that it can be discussed in person. My body, my health, a family matter. For context, I don't have a car. 
Their house is in another city in an area where if no one drives me, I'm trapped there. So I tell him no, that I only told them so there's no confusion as to why I'm going back in for surgery. And this is the last time it's going to be brought up. That I refuse to talk about it further. And I'm not stranding myself with them only to get cornered about it. That's the point in which my father drops the zinger. With all this lying and manipulating and you trying to tear the family apart like this, I feel like I'm being abused. Stunning. I got off the phone with them and have their contacts blocked for right now so I can focus on my job, which is the best job I've ever had, best paying, good benefits, and good work. I'm putting this in here as a reprieve. They'll get over it. I'll start my application to Blue Cross just in case. It will be cheaper than paying in full for my meds. Entitled Dad threatens to kill three young girls over fish. So I've been working retail for only about six months and I've had a few entitled people, but this guy is by far the worst. For context, I am a 16 year old girl and I have a job at a local pet store. The store is small and has only about eight employees. On this day, I was working the register with another girl who was 18 and my manager, 23, who was in the back. I had just clocked in and had to walk past the fish area where my manager was getting fish for this family, consisting of the entitled dad and entitled mum of this story, plus their two kids, probably around five and six. Before anything even happens, I get red flags from these people. Their cart is filled with fish supplies and a brand new tank. Anyone who knows anything about fish knows you can't buy a tank or accessories and fish on the same day because you need to cycle the tank for a few days first. We always tell customers this if they ask to buy fish. However, as my manager is getting them fish, I assume the little kid threw a fit and the parents just gave in. So I try my best to stay out of their way and just know I'll be returning some fish in a few days. Around the same time, an elderly man comes in wanting to return a harness. I tell him if he wants to exchange it, he can go get a different size and I'll do it in one transaction. He agrees and goes to find a new one. When he comes back a few minutes later, he walks up to my register just as the entitled family and their heap of fish items come around the corner. The elderly man most likely didn't see them and I start his transaction. I wouldn't have even known they were there had the entitled dad and entitled mum not started loudly groaning about people not being able to wait their turn in a line. I check out the old man and he goes to leave. As he's walking out, the entitled parents start loudly complaining again, throwing around curses and insults to see what would stick to the poor man. I start checking the people out as nicely as I can, keeping mostly quiet and avoiding eye contact in the hopes that I can finish the whole process quickly. The entitled parents are throwing stuff onto the counter with such force that I'm surprised nothing broke. The little brats keep handing me small things and saying, scan this now and do this one. I can't really fault the kids, but just from their tone, I can guess how their parents were raising them. Soon the entitled dad gets sick of waiting and sends his family out to the car. I finally finished scanning everything and the total comes out to well over $300. The dad is looking very impatient now and I can tell he's on the brink of storming out. He puts in his card and pays, but when the transaction is done, my system closes it out. Confused, I check the transaction history. Nothing. I call up my manager and explain the situation. The entitled dad is looking very annoyed at this point and I'm starting to worry he might yell. My manager calls up her boss to see what we should do. The entitled dad shows that on his side, his bank transaction says pending. However, on our side, the transaction simply didn't happen. 
After a long call with my boss, in which the entitled dad keeps looking angrier and angrier, my manager finally hangs up. My manager then says to the dad, So, sir, I'm sorry, but it looks like I can't let you leave with the products. This has happened before, but the dad throws up his hands. You know what? Screw this. Just screw it. He pushes the car away and turns to my manager. Screw this door. Screw all of you. Screw it. The man storms out and my manager is on the brink of tears. She tells us that he'd get the money back and we'd just have to run it again, but I guess he didn't want to wait. The cashier behind me is also close to crying. I'm just quiet and start to grab the cart of stuff to put away. Just then, the man storms back in. At this point, he's now screaming. And if I don't get my freaking money back, I'll freaking kill all of you. He storms out again, leaving my manager now sobbing and me shaking. I turn to my coworker behind me and go to say something. When I catch movement out of the corner of my eye, he's back again. No, I want all your freaking names. I want to know your name and hers, pointing to me, and hers and i want to know who you were freaking talking to on the phone my manager is crying and trying her best to help the man she grabs some paper and starts to scribble stuff down while the entitled dad watches her intently i want to tell her not to give my name but i trust her so i stay quiet meanwhile a nurse from the urgent care clinic next door comes in and comes up to me she asks if everything is okay and i just shake my head no She stands next to me and the other cashier with her arms crossed, staring at the man, towering over my crying manager. My manager once again calls my boss on the phone and pleads with her to tell her what to do. She finally hangs up and tells the man she's sorry about what happened and he can just take the stuff and go. Suddenly, it's like a switch was flipped. He's all, there's no need to cry and you've been so helpful. He actually at one point grabbed her hand and told her it was okay and she didn't need to be upset. Then he grabbed his cart and started to leave. Oh, could I have a receipt in case anything happens? My manager at this point is trying not to completely break down. Sir, the transaction didn't go through. We don't have a receipt. So if they die, I'm just out of luck? I'm sorry, sir. I'm trying my best, but I really can't do anything. Have a nice day. She then runs off to the back, sobbing. The man then mumbles something about thanks for the help and quickly leaves with his free cart of supplies. I'm just glaring at this man while I can hear the cashier behind me also crying. After he leaves, the nurse asks if we're all okay. Of course, we're all terrified. She offers to call the police or send in some buff male nurses from next door to stand with us. We decline both and say we can't do much now. Our manager calls in help and leaves not 20 minutes after. The worst part is we have nothing on the man. We don't have his name, number, or even cameras. We all know we should have called the police, but at the time, we were scared he would have done something if we tried. As of yet, we haven't seen the man again, and I doubt we ever will. So, now you've heard my terrifying tale. Hopefully, I'll be starting a new job at Starbucks soon, so I doubt this is the last story I'll have of entitled parents. I don't know how people can work in customer service for years. Major respect to you guys. Thanks for reading. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I think you actually should have rang the police there. I know it's probably very scary and look, it sucks that that was the situation that you found yourself in. Three young women and one horribly enraged man. But at some point, you just got to do it. To be honest, I kind of think that he knew he didn't have $300 and it was all some sort of scam and he was trying to just press you into getting away with it. Turning on the niceness at the end, just when you've already got what you wanted for free. It's just downright bullying, isn't it? It's as simple as that. And um, 
look, it's easy for me to say that you should have done more, but it's probably very scary in that situation. Overall, just very sad that you had to go through that. Entitled mum beats autistic toddler to the swings for lunch. Today was hot by UK standards and my daughter adores the park. The only perk of the heat, in my opinion, is she gets to play out more. I'll start by saying she's three years old and is autistic. She can't talk or follow instructions, but I love encouraging her to do things outside and she loves swings. School's back, so parks aren't too busy during the day. Perfect. She knew we were going and she ran from the entrance to the swings, but it was surprisingly a bit busy. The swings were occupied, so I explained to her that other kids are on the swings and she needs to wait. She's not very patient at all and doesn't understand most things. She just knows that swings are awesome. There's only two swings, but nobody else is waiting, so we wait. We queue for several minutes and she's getting very frustrated now and begins to cry. But that's okay, the second swing frees up. Hooray, okay, let's go and swing, right? Uh, no. The mum that's pushing her kid on swing one, let's call her entitled mum one, snatches at that swing and glares at my daughter, then at me, before passing it over to someone who arrived much later than me. Let's call her entitled mum two. Now, I know swings are public, but this threw me a bit. Cues are sacred in Britain. Either way, I explained to my little girl that she has to wait again. By now, she's in tears all over. It's sad, but she doesn't understand and ultimately has to learn to be patient, so we wait. The entitled mums then stop swinging to slowly feed their children their lunch while they are sat in the swings. They keep looking at my daughter, gossiping and giggling. I'm not usually paranoid, but the amount they turned around to look at us both made me conscious we were a talking point. I tried to distract my girl in dozens of ways but her autism is very intense and she wouldn't take any interest. She knows she isn't leaving without a swing or two. I don't pretend it's a condition that means she has any right over other children in a public space, I should clarify, hence the waiting and teaching. However, it is very visible and would have been apparent to anyone that she was autistic, not just bratty and spoiled. She twitches, stims, speaks only in hums, clicks and shrieks, and absolutely can't sit still. I love that for her. So I try and have the patience for both of us and help her redirect. Therefore, it hurts to feel like these entitled mums were testing a child who just wanted to play. I've never seen anyone feed a child that slowly, let alone feed two children on swings. Am I missing a hack? By the time their toddlers finish their entire lunches, they don't even swing. Thank God, poor bellies. They just move on. The second entitled mum sneers at me as I tell my girl she can play now, only to say, Oh, were you waiting? Pity. They then laugh and walk off. It was bizarre. Sadly, my daughter was too worked up at that point to enjoy the park, but we had a lovely picnic after I settled her. I know it's not the most entitled or shocking thing that's happened by far, but it was just exhausting to be around people like that and I needed to just let off some steam. Oh man, these two women are just the worst. It's so obvious that they knew. They just knew. It's written all over their faces and that snide remark at the end saying, oh, were you waiting? Like you're literally making fun of a mentally disabled child. How much lower in your life can you get from that point? Oh, disgusting. My racist stepmother thinks she's 100% English. 
I, 25 non-binary, have an entitled and outright abusive stepmother who is 61, who actually believes she's 100% English. I wish I was joking, but she's the classic racist village Karen who drinks too much pink gin, gets her hair dyed constantly to hide the gray hair coming in, and absolutely has to know all the gossip and everyone's business. To the point she constantly asked me what's come in the mail for me and invaded my room on the regular. Her voice is the god-awful English Northwest country twang. If you know, you know. She's particularly nasty to me, having gaslit, manipulated, and at one point instigated a suicide attempt, as well as gotten me kicked out for a week. All for getting an undercut like I've always wanted. That was for the last bit. The rest is just normal for her. My dad is barely any better, and he's a raging sexist, racist, and has severe anger management issues that culminate in me most often being the victim. He used to scream at nine-year-old me for being bad at maths, thinking it would make me do better. To this day, he still thinks it was a good idea. Spoiler alert, it wasn't because I had undiagnosed ADHD, which, surprise, surprise, is somewhat common. From my research, at least, correct me if I'm wrong, in families that have autism in their genetics. My younger brother and other connected relatives have this quite severely. To the point, though, because my dad is a racist, she also shares her openly racist ideals. For instance, they both hate black people and they constantly use the one word white people should never say. They criticize the government, saying immigrants shouldn't be allowed in the country. They constantly trash on the very restaurants they buy their beloved Indian and Chinese takeout from. Seriously, if you hate them so much, why do you claim you love the food so much? And they absolutely despise anyone that isn't the same race as them. So you can imagine my mistake by implying that somewhere down the line, some of their family probably wasn't English because the UK is made up of a lot of people who sailed over to settle throughout history. The absolute outrage on their face. It was only matched by the indignance. No, because I'm 100% English. There aren't any foreigners in my family. Sure. Sure. I do tell her to STFU whenever possible about this or call her out about any racist BS. And because of this, she thinks I have an attitude. News just in, guys. Being an advocate for BLM, I attended many a protest because it's the right thing to do. And decent treatment of fellow human beings means that I have an attitude. There is a positive to all of this, though. And I didn't want to post my experiences until I had one because I'm a firm believer in positivity breeding more of it. I attended a fine art university in the UK for three years and chose to live in the dorms as much as possible. I went no contact as much as I was able, and while some Christmases were absolutely awful, being completely alone while I knew my family was feasting, I got to do it as my own identity. I came out to my dad about being non-binary over the phone. He accepted it, but barely. Cut and dyed my hair white as I always wanted. He specifically said I couldn't do that when I wasn't under his roof. Mark that one off as a mini Mish's compliance. I got to attend a pride parade for the first time and gain new friends. I found out that I actually do love pink. I just hate it when it's forced on me in two tight shirts with tacky slogans. And for the grand finale, as of the 17th of June, 2022, I got noticed that I can graduate and my application to move into a flat with my best friend has been approved. I'm 25 and despite having lived for three years away from home, I never felt free until this very moment. I don't have to go home anymore 
ever again. No more abuse or walking on eggshells, worrying that even the slightest noise will set my parents off into an argument. I have barely any belongings besides my PC and some clothes. A couple things to help with dorm life and I'm poor as heck. But you know, I'll take that any day over being a punching bag to my parents. I finally move in July 8th. Well, hey, that is wonderful news and fair play to you for getting out of that situation. I just can't get over the fact that this woman genuinely said she was 100% English. I don't think anyone in the world anymore is 100% anything. That's literally impossible. You're telling me that in the entire history of your family, spanning back generations, thousands of years perhaps, no one has ever lived in a country or been from a country outside of England? There's no way. Like, I'm sorry, but even if everyone in your family that you know of, who was alive or dead, whatever, is born in England, was born in England, you're still not 100% English because what about your massive amount of ancestors? Ah, oh, I don't know. It's a ridiculous argument, but I guess that's just the mind of a racist. Entitled mother refuses to pay damages after her son breaks a toilet seat at school. This story took place around two years ago at my old school. I recently remembered it after I found an article talking about the incidents. For context, at this time, the boys' bathrooms in our school weren't anchored correctly to the wall. So our principal put up signs on them to show they were out of order. This boy, we'll call him Dan, either didn't see the sign or overlooked it and stood up on the toilet seat, causing it to break. This is where our entitled parents, Dan's mum, comes in. Dan sends his homeroom teacher a photo of the toilet seat, to which she forwards the image to Dan's mother, asking what to do. The messages were then leaked and went along the lines of this. The teacher says, good evening. Dan broke the toilet seats. How is this going to be resolved? Good evening. I'll wait until he gets home and explains what happened. I will await the solution. If the situation calls for it, I will come to school tomorrow to settle this. But we aren't paying for anything. He said he didn't see the out of order sign on the door. The stool should have been locked. I don't consider this to be Dan's fault, rather the school's. Well, I think it's better if Dan owns up to his actions, accident or not. He broke the toilet seat, so either he or his parents pay for it. What if everyone were to break school property and blame it on the school? No, no, he has nothing to own up to, replied the entitled mum. It was the school's responsibility to close the stool. I'm interjecting here to say our school stools had no locking mechanism, so there's no way to do that. I will be coming to school tomorrow to settle this. I do not think children should own up to anything in these circumstances. I am a woman who owns up to her mistakes. I don't think these conditions are safe for my child. I'm interjecting again, but just so it's clear, Dan was 14 when this happened. Dan's mum showed up to school the next day. The details are unclear as I wasn't Dan's friend or classmate, so I heard anecdotal accounts from classmates who knew him. Apparently, his mum still refused to pay the school for the damages. In my country, we have a behavior grade system where students get a point deducted for causing major problems or for having too many absences without a given reason. This grade is very important as you could not be allowed into certain high schools or universities if it's anything below a nine. The text resumed the next day. The same teacher said, good evening. Seeing as you chose not to pay for the damages caused by Dan, his behavior grade will be lowered as per the school's rules. Good evening, replied the mum. That sounds like a threat and I don't enjoy it. I will come back to school tomorrow to speak to the principal. This is not a threat, but the consequences of the actions taken. If you wish to speak to the principal, you need to schedule an appointment. She did indeed show up again, demanding to speak to the principal and still refusing to pay. Dan did get his behavior grade lowered. 
moral of the story if your kid breaks something don't blame it on his school now guys before i even say anything on this story first of all i want to see your comments so don't cheat don't edit your comments after i say what i'm gonna say get in the comments right now pause the video if you have to whatever get in the comments and let me know do you overall agree with the story do you think this mum, dan's mum, was entitled do you think dan was in the wrong do you think that dan's mum was in the wrong and do you think that the teacher and the school and the principal were in the right and that dan's mum or dan should pay for the toilet i want to hear your thoughts first my thoughts are as follows first of all yeah there was no reason to stand on the toilet i mean like you have to take some responsibility for that there's no reason ever to stand on a toilet is there like, i mean you are look he's 14 years old but okay that actively is wrong he shouldn't have done that and there should be some consequences that i can understand however i feel like there's more going on here you know the school doesn't have working locks on the bathroom stalls a kid can still go and use a toilet that's out of order etc etc like it seems a bit weird no because imagine this if the kid had been hurt during all of this i'm pretty sure that the school would have been liable i don't know what country this takes place in but in my country the uk the school 100 would have been liable this i think is 100 on the school not maintaining its own you know utilities and not having proper safety standards like it's up to them to make sure the school is safe for their students Therefore, my overall point is that Dan's mum was completely in the right and the score in the wrong. I think she was absolutely fine saying what she said. And I wouldn't have paid either. If my kid was involved like that, I wouldn't have paid. It's on the school. What do you reckon? Let me know in the comments down below. Look, before you have a go at me, remember this. The toilet isn't even anchored to the wall properly. And I get it. He shouldn't have stood on it. But still, they are lucky, the school, that the kid wasn't hurt. Just what I'm saying. What do you reckon? I think I know what happened to my brother. I'm trying to write this in a way so that no one will be able to research and find out who I am or my brother is But it's the internet and everyone's a super sleuth My brother went missing years ago And when I say missing, I mean that his case was declared one of those creepy unsolved mysteries It was on the news I distinctly remember my parents interviewing for the news in our living room I think I know what happened to him I was very young when he went missing I barely remember him but I do remember that I loved him a lot. He would pull me around our block in a wagon. Most kids his age didn't do that. The days before he disappeared, I remember him staying home and babysitting me. I stayed in my room and played Nintendo 64. Throughout the day, a guy came over. I remember him. He was older, almost our dad's age. My brother made me go into my room whenever I heard the doorbell. Later, after the guy left, my brother would ask me not to say anything about the guy. With my brain only being focused on video games and extra dessert at that age, I agreed. I didn't care, nor did I comprehend the gravity of the situation. The day before he disappeared, I remember the older guy coming over. I was in the kitchen and remember looking up and seeing him kiss my brother. They hugged. They didn't care that I saw them. The older guy waved at me and I waved back. Then I kept watching cartoons. I fell asleep on the couch and woke up to my brother whispering outside our front door, don't worry, he's asleep. The older guy said something I couldn't hear. Then my brother said something I couldn't make out, but I made out the words visit them or maybe he said visit him. Either way, I know the word visit was in his sentence. The man raised his voice and said no. Then I heard plan and city, then I fell asleep again. The next morning, the day he disappeared, my parents were at work. My brother was acting very strangely. I remember he kept checking the clock. In the afternoon, I remember him picking me up and asking me if I wanted to go in the wagon. I was too hooked on Nintendo 64 and I said no. He almost begged me and I said no again. 
Then he told me he had to run to our neighbor's house for something. I don't even remember what he said. I just said, okay. He reminded me to not open the door for anyone, only mum and dad. I shouted at him, okay, because Super Mario was getting on my freaking nerves and he wasn't helping. He gave me a hug and told me he loved me and left. He never came back. All these years, decades later, and I think he was in love with that man. Well, I know he was. The memories randomly came flooding back to me earlier. I'm not quite sure why, but it's been taking over my thoughts lately. I can't sleep because I keep thinking about it. I think my brother left with that man and they ran away together. Or maybe something worse happened, but I don't think that's the case. My freshman year of college, I was part of a sports team that got national recognition. I remember my team's picture was on ESPN with our university's name. A few days later, I got mail at my dorm. It was a gift basket. I thought it was from my parents, so I didn't read the card. I threw it away immediately and ate what was in it, but it was nothing but candy. Nerds, Jolly Ranchers, Tootsie Rolls, and Hershey's Kisses. I called my dad and thanked him for the gift basket, and he said he didn't send one. Neither did mum. Then I got to thinking. All of those candies were what I used to eat as a kid. Literally all I ate for the earliest years of my life were those candies. I tried to find the card, but I couldn't. Then, I began to think about how my brother would wheel me in the wagon to the gas station close to our house so that I could get candy after dinner, even though it was a punishable by death no-no from mum. Months later, during Christmas, I got an unmarked Christmas card. The only thing written on it was a smiley face. Since then, I've heard nothing. No one I know sent that card, and I've never responded. I wonder every day if he's out there. I've never told anyone this. When the police asked me what happened that day, I told them that he went to the neighbors because that's all I remembered. Honestly, it destroyed my parents. My mum became addicted to painkillers and my dad has had three extramarital affairs, which I know this tragedy is no way an excuse to cheat, but it sure didn't help. It has ruined our family and maybe my brother knows what he did. Maybe he regrets it and knows he can't come back home. But if I could see him today, I would just want to tell him that he is always welcome in my home. I love you so much, brother. We have so much catching up to do. Please come home. Please. Now, that first post was originally posted in February of 2016. But just two months later in April, we got our first update. So then, moving on to the next post. And how about this for a title? My parents kept my brother a secret from me. It's 4pm and I'm drunk. These past few weeks have been insane. As you just saw, my brother went missing a long time ago. I thought he ran away from home. Long story short, I got in contact with some detectives that our family has known since my brother went missing. When I started asking questions, they told me that my brother was no longer on any missing person's registry. When I asked what that meant, they told me that he was removed per my parents' request. I asked my parents, my dad actually, and he ignored me. My mum told me my brother is alive and okay as far as she knows. They found my brother years ago, a very, very long time ago, and found out that he was living with another man. He's gay and it disgusted my parents. He tried reaching out to them. They told him they don't want anything to do with him and that I didn't remember him and wouldn't want to see him. I went ballistic. My parents weren't fazed by it. They sincerely hate my brother for who he is, for being gay. They kept him a secret from me all my freaking life. My brother missed the birth of his nephew. He missed my wedding, graduations, everything. Just because of my parents, they lied to me. 
I've been able to get a phone number and contact information from police officers. My brother left it all open in case anyone from our family wanted to contact him. I still can't work up the nerve to call him. The address I have for him is across the freaking country, but he's alive. My brother is alive. I'm drunk as frick right now because I can't deal with any of this. I haven't talked to my parents in weeks and I never plan on speaking to them again. Not for what they've done to me or my brother. This is real and it happened. It happened. It's happening right now. I don't know how to process this at all. My parents let me believe my brother was dead or kidnapped forever when in reality he just ran away and when he wanted to come back, they disowned him. I'm crying right now. How could you do that? Screw you, God. Screw you, Christians and Jesus. I don't even know. I'm so freaking... Oh, I'm sorry. All right, forgive OP if you will for his uh, blasphemous outburst there, but to be fair, I can understand it. Put yourself in his shoes. That is insane. He's just been told that his own brother, who he believed was dead for years, is still alive, and not only that, isn't a part of his life because of his parents. That is just mental. But as you can tell by the length of this episode, the story does not end there. Let's get into the second update. I met my brother that was missing. Here is an update for all of you. The day after I made my last post, I woke up and called into work. I told my wife, who is essentially my confidant, and I tell her everything, the entire story. She wasn't really surprised. She's not a fan of my parents much. But like many of you, she told me to call the number I was given for my brother immediately. She insisted on it. She took herself and my son out for a day together so that I could be alone to talk with him. I dialed the number about seven times before I actually pressed the call button. It started ringing and I hung up. Then I got frustrated at myself and called the number back. It rang and rang and I got a voicemail, but it was the automated voice, not anyone else's. I didn't leave a voicemail. I thought the whole thing was ridiculous. I called my wife and told her to come home and she refused until I talked to someone on the other end of that phone. About an hour of pacing and drinking two glasses of scotch at one o'clock in the afternoon, I called the number again. It rang three times. I panicked, I hung up, but this time the number was calling me back. I swear to whatever God above, I thought my heart was going to stop. I almost threw up right there. I answered the call. The first thing I heard on the other end of the line was a guy laughing in the background. There was wind on the phone. The person on the other end was outside and it was windy. Who is this? It was his voice. I knew that voice. It was my freaking brother. My brother who had been gone for my entire life. I covered my mouth with my shaking hands and just sat there. He kept asking me who it was. The guy in the background was trying to talk over him. He hung up on me. I called him back right away and he answered again. Me being a creepy ass, the first thing I said after decades of not seeing him and thinking he was dead, I blurted, I got your number. He asked me who I was and what I wanted. I said, it's me. There was a really long pause. I thought the call had dropped. Then I heard him tell someone to turn the radio down and roll the window up. The sound of wind stopped and then he asked me my name. I told him and he said that I was lying. I told him I got his number from the missing children's network and detectives. I heard him gasp. He asked me what color shoelaces he wore to a picnic when we were kids. And I remember my mum getting mad at his orange laces with blue shoes. It was the last time we were together as a family. I could tell he was crying. The first thing he asked me was, where are you? And I told him I lived a few hours away from home. Without hesitating, he told me, I'm coming. 
He went straight to the airport without any luggage, bought a plane ticket and flew straight to me. We stayed on the phone with each other the whole time. When he was walking through the gates, I knew who he was right away. He's middle-aged, salt and pepper hair, muscular. He looks just like our dad, only better. I know if I told him that, that would make him mad. I literally pushed an old lady out of the way and I just hugged him. He's about two inches taller than me. He was able to pick me up. He was crying. I was crying. I was having a breakdown. We went to a bar at the airport. He would not let me out of his sight. He kept holding onto my arm. He kept telling me how unreal it all was. He apologized to me. He kept crying, telling me he felt horrible. I told him to forget everything and tell me about his life. He's married. His husband is a doctor, a pediatric oncologist. They live in the Pacific Northwest. They have two children, girls, 12 and eight years old. He works as a legal consultant and has his own firm. He has an amazing life. He told me that he thought I hated him and wanted nothing to do with him. We sat at the bar for hours, literal hours. I think we sat for about six hours before I begged him to come home and meet my wife. We got home and my wife was a mess. She hugged him and insisted he stay with us. At this point, his husband was going insane and kept calling him. He had no idea what was going on. He thought he'd eloped or something. It was crazy for a couple of days until everything was explained and out in the open. My son and my brother were like two peas in a pod. Honestly, I never wanted children. My son was an amazing accident, but I'm not good with kids. I'm always afraid I'm going to break them. But my brother is a pro. Kids love him. He stayed with us for two weeks. And in two weeks, everything about my life changed. His husband and two daughters flew in to stay with us. My brother-in-law and my two nieces, my family. They were my family. They are my family. My brother wants my wife and I to move, to be closer to him. My wife is on board. I work as a professor at a university and I've already started to send out feelers to see if there are any open positions. And I found one that is actually tenured and higher pay. I do not plan on forgiving my parents, but my brother still loves them. He went by the house and knocked on the door. My father shut the door in his face. My mother gave him a hug and told him to take care of himself. Then she shut him out. I can't forgive them for that. I have no reason to stay close to them. I want to be with my family. I want to make up for all the lost time. It's 2 a.m. right now, and I'm drinking a tall glass of scotch and grading papers. My beautiful, wonderful, smart, amazing wife is asleep on the couch. She likes to watch me grade papers. My son is asleep in his room, cuddled up with all the stuffed animals his uncle brought him. And I'm here, so happy, so fulfilled, knowing that my family has grown and doubled in size so suddenly. My heart is happy. I am so happy right now, Reddit. I am so happy. And there we go, guys. Thankfully, this story does have a happy ending. It's just crazy to me that two people's homophobia can rip apart two brothers like this. It's genuinely insane. Look, it's great that they've reconvened after decades, but the lost time is just in the back of my head. That is mental. Your parents have cost you and your brother to lose decades worth of your relationship so unfairly just because they're homophobic. It's disgusting. But hey, nonetheless, at least you're back together right now and uh, you do have a relationship and your brother is alive after all. That's pretty insane. Now, before this story ends, thankfully, we have one final update from OP rounding off this entire post. This was posted in November of 2016. My new family and moving forwards. Everything in my life has changed in the last 10 months. Honestly, I don't even know what to say. I want to apologize for neglecting this account. I've been busy. I want to fill you all in on what's been going on in my life. 
I owe everyone who's messaged and commented that much at the very least. My wife, son, and myself have moved. Not exactly to the same region of the country as my brother and his family, but much closer to him. I got a new job teaching at a new university months ago. While it's not a tenure position, it gives me the option to do research, which is my favorite thing to do. My brother-in-law's family has had many interesting discussions with each other, trying to describe what has happened between my brother and I. They're a pretty open-minded and accepting family, so to hear what we've been through was absolutely shocking to them. My brother never told his husband the truth about his life, only that he didn't speak to his family anymore. Nevertheless, they welcomed me and my family with open arms when we came to visit. It was like we'd always been a part of their family. I feel content knowing that they are my family. So, when my brother ran away with his first boyfriend, he was verging on 18. He's elaborated and told me that the relationship with the man was abusive, and when he tried to leave and return home, our parents wouldn't let him. So, he was forced to stay with an abusive man because he had nowhere else to go until he moved away to college. This deepened my anger for my parents, but my brother, still to this day, has this ridiculous sense of hope and optimism. I love that about him because I do not have that. My brother and I are two very different people, but in a way that works well. We reflected on my teenage years and I filled him in on what happened with my life. My brother is very quiet and observant. He always watches before he intervenes. He's soft-spoken and gently objects when someone says something he disagrees with. He's patient, kind, and optimistic, as I've said. He has a very loving heart, so I think that's why he has an unrelenting faith in our parents. Me, on the other hand, I'm abrasive, impatient, and quick to jump to conclusions. My wife wanted to add about me. He also doesn't separate laundry, refuses to mop the floors, and can't properly change the oil. Wow, thanks wife. Despite being very different, we have this uncanny ability to be thinking the same thing. Even though we've been separated for several years, we can still give each other a look and know exactly what the other is plotting. My brother has been able to create a spectacular life for himself, all on his own. One thing I struggle with is knowing that he went through more than half of his life by himself putting himself through college and law school all alone. The more he filled me in about the years away from our parents, the more angry I became. I severed communications with my parents months ago, after the last time I posted on her, and it's done wonders for my own mental health. But then the election happened a few weeks ago. Remember guys, this is all posted in 2016. To sum up in the next couple of paragraphs, OP explains his absolute detest at the election result, which was of course Donald Trump becoming the president and how it affected his brother's family as well. Of course, his brother and his partner are gay and OP's wife is in fact a black woman and they were all devastated. Back to the story now. The day after the election, however, I got a call from my mother. I didn't answer it because I was in class, but she left a voicemail and said she would like to talk at my earliest convenience. I thought on it, still enraged, but I decided to call her back, more out of curiosity than a desire to speak with her. When we began our conversation, she asked how I was doing. My answers were short, one-worded. She jumped right in and I could tell she was uncomfortable. She apologized, but she apologized only to me. I wasn't phased by this. I told my mother that she should talk to my brother and unless she did that, then she need not call me anymore. I told my brother that our mother had called and apologized and the look on his face was pure happiness. I can't even begin to describe it to you all. It was as if all of his dreams had come true. My brother called our mother and she, to my surprise, picked up. They had a short conversation and my brother's happy glow had dimmed somewhat when he got off the phone. 
He told me that she said that given the election results, she had only wanted to speak to me. I guess alluding to the fact that I'm a white straight male, the normal son, in an effort to repair the family. And that we all, me, my mum and dad, not my brother, need each other now. She also went on to say that she does not approve of what my brother does, but she had read up on his lifestyle and recommended conversion therapy. My brother ended the call with a very gentle, I'm sorry, mum, but I can't do that. I love you. Good night. Oh my goodness. After all these decades, your parents still have these bigoted thoughts. It's unbelievable. I think my brother has been broken these last few weeks and the hope and optimism that naturally carries him through life has been eradicated. He's buried himself in work and ignores any discussion around our family. My wife is a counselor and she normally avoids counseling people she doesn't work with, but she's told me that the only thing I can do for my brother at this point is to be there for him and to never let him be alone again. Like I said before though, I have a tendency to lash out and be aggressive. Yesterday, while stewing on my own rage about my parents, I called my mother and when she answered, I just began screaming into the phone. I unleashed a lot of things and I remember crying while I did so because I was so enraged. I told her how much she hurt my brother, her son, and how she put his life in danger all for her ideology. I told her how unfair and upsetting it is that her and my dad would do this to their children, to my brother, how it's criminal and how they should be punished. When I finished screaming, I was going to hang up because she miraculously hadn't during my 10 minute tirade. But she cut in with a quiet, he sounds grown. My mother acknowledged my brother's existence with that short sentence. Then she went on with, I'm so sorry. Let me speak to him, okay? But I didn't. I hung up. Then I blocked her number. I don't know what she wanted to say, but I'm afraid it's something that could damage my brother further. We are currently staying with him for the Thanksgiving holiday. My view right now is this. My wife and my brother-in-law are sitting on the living room floor trying to assemble an Ikea shelf. My son is beside me watching cartoons and keeps telling his mother and uncle to shh. And my brother is in the kitchen washing dishes. This is a life that people want to see destroyed, taken away, and converted. This is a life I am so grateful to have, and it's filled with people that this world is lucky to have on its surface. I haven't told my brother that our mum tried to call, and I don't want to. I don't think there's a point. I just want to spend as much time and energy as I can trying to love my brother, my family, my small little slice of bliss. This is my heaven. This is a life I will proudly defend against hate and intolerance and bigotry. I'm so lucky to have this life, these people, and this happiness, and I will never stop fighting for it. And that concludes it. That is the end of this truly sad but beautiful story, I guess, depending on which way you want to look at it. Look, it's undoubtedly an amazing story, but I don't know, it just fills me with sadness. All of this could so easily have been avoided if your parents weren't bigots. It's as simple as that. Like, don't get me wrong, it's amazing that after all these years, you've come back together and now you all have a brilliant life and you have your family back together, obviously without the homophobes. But it's just so easily avoided if these two people hadn't been as bigoted as they are. It's insane. And there we go, guys. That concludes this episode of some of the very best r slash entitled parents posts and stories from the past year on Reddit. Guys, I know you lot love these compilation style longer videos, and I think that I want to do them more regularly. So from now, I'm going to do one per week at two plus three hours, maybe even 10 hours like I've done before. If you like that, let me know in the comments down below. Drop a like on the video and I'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode. 
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 